Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show, coming from you live from the University of British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam Territory. If you're listening to this show on the podcast, this is episode 196. I'm Michael McCall. I'm Zachary Adamazadar. And we are joined by a new special guest this evening. Gideon Hill, TSS Rovers match commentator. So you might recognise Gideon's voice if you've been listening to the... TSS broadcasts for the last two Fridays. Welcome to the show. Got a lot to bring you tonight. This show is presented in conjunction with BC Soccer Web, your one-stop site for all your BC, national and international soccer news and links. Check out bcsoccerweb.com. We're going to be working a lot with them this year and there's a lot of great stuff on that site. So, I don't know about you guys, but I am cock hoop I don't know if you can guess why. It's been a while. Yep. Twin Peaks. 25 years I've been waiting for this to come back. Back tonight. Two episodes. Fantastic episode. So we're going to bring you a two-hour show just basically talking about how good Twin Peaks was. Might <laughs> sprinkle a little bit of white cap stuff in, in the middle of it. Uh, we'll talk about the log lady. Zach's... Anything's better than wrestling. I was going to say, <laughs> it's like you didn't want me to talk about wrestling, so now I'm going to talk about Twin Peaks. And we will talk about the Whitecaps as well. It has been a great weekend for the Whitecaps. I called a win. Zach, you called a win. For real. The Whitecaps won. And deposed the, the current Western Conference leaders. Moved to within six points of the top spot in the West with two games in hand. Kind of incredible when you think how the first month of the season started on all the injuries that they've had. And you know that the team's not even firing on all cylinders just now. But Zach, how did you find, I guess, the, the performance, first of all? Yeah, I think it was a, it was a good performance watching the match back on the, on the PVR. Um, the, the first half was, it was a bit of a cagey affair, not really spectacular. But I thought on the whole, the performance was really good. In the second half, we saw some great determination. We saw a, a second goal. And uh, we saw a good, a good performance from the a good home, a good home win, good home performance from the Caps. And and Gideon, what what was your take just on the overall performance of the match? We'll, we'll analyze it in a, in a few minutes in more detail. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to come home after a long road trip, especially for some of those guys uh, being away from their younger guys, being away from their families. And, it, it's you know, like Zach mentioned, a few tough early minutes going on then. KG Affair, as he said, a tough first half. And Kansas City is a very well-built team. Obviously, they were missing a, a Dwyer and Failhaber was on the bench for that game. But they did very well when those guys came on. And uh, when, sorry, when Failhaber came on and they did very well of assessing the threat out wide uh, with the two wingers on Kansas City. So they did a good job, especially in the second half, shutting that attack down and keeping that clean sheet, which Carl Robinson obviously will, will smile about. And it was the second clean sheet in three games, and it was their third clean sheet of the season. The, the defence in particular this year has really kind of turned things around, and it's been good to see. It had to. I mean, last year that was really where the team fell down. They were scoring goals. It might have felt that they weren't. But tightening that defence up, getting your star guys like Usted and Waston and Laba back to their 2015 form is what everyone was hoping for. And we seem to have been seeing that so far. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. They didn't. They're, people thought that they might make some additions in defence, but they, they played it with, with uh, within. Even when Edgar got injured, they did well to, to remain with uh, the centre-backs in the squad and keep... Um, keep faith in Parker and uh, he's he's really rewarded as uh, manager Robinson he's been one of the the better if not the best player on the Whitecaps this year hard to argue but um, he, he's been really well and especially with David Edgar out I think it's he's stepped up to the plate very well for this Whitecaps team I think a key I think a key one of the keys to the performance Michael also was a fifth match in a row with the same starting 11 and very similar tactics I think we we've talked about that in previous shows, but I can't, I, I I don't think you can understate that enough, or you, I don't think you'd overstate that enough. I, I did feel that he might change things up. So did I, yeah. Being at home, I know Davies. Uh, there's one eye on Tuesday, and Alfonso Davies is going to start on Tuesday, and we're going to talk about that at the Montreal game in the third part of the show. But I thought he, he would maybe want to be a little bit more attacking, and the first half, we've got to say was not the most exciting half. No. If they, the teams had gone in scoreless, it would have been no surprise at all. And I think both teams didn't really do do much to to do anything, really, in the first half. The, the only time that Casey kind of threatened, there was the break. Uh, Fernandez coming off a hat-trick midweek. He, he, was a, he was dangerous. He was putting himself about. He had the chance. He broke forward. Usted came out really quick, put him off didn't allow him to get a shot off. Then he played the ball through to Blessing, and it was a blessing for the Whitecaps that the flag <laughs> went up. But also another man that likes Blessings, Kendall Waston, put in an amazing last-ditch tackle, knocking the ball away. Doesn't count ultimately because it was offside, but what a tackle that was from Kendall. Yeah, it's always the thing you talk about in sports, especially soccer, is play to the, the whistle, you could say. And Kendall did a really good job, even though the play was offside, to to eliminate the threat of Blessing, who was one of the pacier players in that Kansas City team, one of the more threatening guys. And he did well. He learned his tactics with Robinson very well and how to assess the threat of the wingers and Blessing and Jerso, who did very well to attack Harvey and Williams, the outside backs, in Saturday's game. And the other thing in the first half, both teams, it was very cagey. But then the goal that came, for me, <laughs> I mean... Right away, it's early in the season, but you know it's going to be up there for goal of the season contenders. It's going to take a special couple of goals to to knock that off top spot. And it was a great team goal. From Shannon Williams on the right, the ball that he played in, Bolanius' little chest down, and the first time volley and finish from Teixeira. Overall, watching it back, it, it just looks beautiful. 
Well, you go back even further in the play, and you see them. I believe the play was going on the left first, and it came back because there was no opening. Switching the play, kind of switched the play all the way to back. And I believe it was Kendall who put a a long ball over the top for yeah. for Williams. Now the Williams cross, I've I've seen different takes on it. Yeah, you're you're not sure that it was as perfectly placed as I I'm saying it was. No, well when you go back and watch it, even just like the, it, it was a hopeful cross at best. Like it was even the way he hit it, it was. It, it looked like he got more of like he didn't get around the ball. He more got it like like on on his laces almost. Like he almost drove it across, and obviously it worked out well. Christian Bolaños Bola read the play extremely well. Uh, there's this moment of brilliance with his chest down and and the bugs finish. Obviously extremely high quality, but that. I would question whether or not that's exactly what what uh, what uh, Sheenan was was thinking when he put that ball across. Yeah, it's tough to say. Watching that goal back, it's just seeing it live was incredible. But it looked initially as did the cross from Shannon did take a deflection, but that was just a moment of quality. And like you mentioned, the Whitecaps over the top threat hasn't been as as I guess you could say. Well, it's it hasn't been good you could say and the ball from Kendall was exceptional his delivery over the top isn't always great uh but that time yeah. it was perfect and Williams did that so well he, he had the positioning fired it in and especially for Bolaños some players would would take that I mentioned to you before some players would take that first time or even take a touch and Bolaños perfectly visioned totally. chest down and what a strike from Christian it's such a hard thing to do the, and that wasn't the first time in the in the half that they were looking for that ball over the top it happened a couple times so it was, it was something looked very intentional because we've seen a lot of more possession football from our side, a lot less direct balls. But there was a couple times they were looking for it, and I think it was something they felt they could get behind the the, the Kansas City fullbacks because there was almost an identical ball earlier that uh, I think it was Kendall again, and uh, Beasler I think, chested it out for a corner as he was trying to defend it uh, earlier on in the half. And so – I. No one wants to see us go back to being super direct, especially at home. <laughs> I don't uh, know. I, I, I've, sorry. I honestly Everyone... have no problem with the long ball game. I really, really don't. As... I think it's effective. But do I don't think anyone who's not from the British Isles <laughs> wants to see wants to see long balls uh, or, or super direct play. Um, no, it's 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 a it's a it feels like a, a lower a lower lower probability kind of way to play, Michael. No. Yeah, you, you yeah. need the right people up there. Yeah, like I mean, Bellani says little chest down. That for a long ball kind of team, you want a big target man to be knocking those balls down. But if Bola can can reach with his chest, he tried to get a header early in the half he and, missed, and can yes. get onto that. So that was one of the half chances of the first half. Yeah, but no. So it looked like they were looking for that, and it, it's it's nice to see. It looked it looked very intentional because I think both of them were from Kendall, if memory serves me correct, and it looks like something that they had noticed and they were looking for. So it we still I know we didn't win the possession battle in the game, which no one cares because we won the match, <laughs> but uh, it, it it felt like um, it felt like they were they had moments where they were trying to vary the attack, and I think that's a hugely positive sign. Yeah, you know, we talk about the the balls over the top from uh, the boys at the back for the Whitecaps, and it usually works if you have the right players for the system for that. And normally when you take a look at wide with Bolaños and Tichero, they're not the tallest guys, but they both have the quality to, to, to settle the ball down. Even Afonso Davis, if you throw in there late, like he played very well. You don't normally have the the, 
the players to to control the the ball from over the top, but they did extremely well to position themselves against the outside backs, like you mentioned, Zach of Kansas City to to position themselves well to get the ball and only as well put in a quality cross, which happened in numerous occasions and almost caused a goal. So, so one now at the half and. For me, as soon as the Caps had went ahead with the kind of lineup that Casey had put out and the exertions from their midweek game against Seattle, which they were outstanding in the second half, they made four changes and you wondered would they try and freshen things up at halftime and, and they did. They took off the Canadian guy, Tyler Pasher. Didn't have a great MLS debut, no. um, to say the least. Very ineffective. He didn't really get the ball, but... I mean, you have to try and and, and make your chances, but well, good first, for us. The first time he did, I think he ran it into touch, basically. Yeah, tw- twice I saw he did that. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> nerves there in front of the south side as well. So that's, that'd be tough. But yeah, and then they you, you, they made the sub. You wondered who was then going to have the momentum. Would the Caps sit back a little bit with the one 0 lead? Kind of rely more and just kind of play in the counter attack. But then one of the controversial incidents <laughs> of the game. Let's put it that way. Ball comes across. Slight coming together in the box. Freddie Montero didn't even fall over like good South Americans do when when they feel (laughs) a a push in the box. And bizarrely, Toledo points to the spot. And I'm I'm in the press box saying, that is never a penalty. So if that was a penalty, it makes Kendall's... Tackle last week yes. in Houston looked like a stone cold yes. penalty. Yes, which like, we, I mean we were saying which last was never week, which was never yeah. a penalty ever. Yeah, but I I was saying last week that the way the referee would have seen Kendall's one, he'd have seen the hands kind of touch the guy. So depending on your your actual view of it, it looks like oh he pushed him over. I don't know what view Toledo had, and then he went over and confirmed with the linesman, and you saw the well, linesman nodding. Oh, well, the the linesman, the fact that he. We just went to line up for the penalty and wasn't going to move from that spot. Like you, yeah. you knew for him, it was in his eyes. He saw the hand motion. He thought for sure it's a penalty. But it, it, when you watch it again, it's very clear. It's a very weak call again. It's something that happens every single game. There's a coming together of players. There was no intent. No. If that had been called against us, oh, I'd, I'd be livid. I'd be ranting about how terrible the refs are. And I'm still going to say how terrible the refs are because that... It's the kind of decision that spoils games. It can get managers sacked, obviously not in a game like that. But, I mean, a manager, say, like an Alpha at, at LA, that's the kind of bad decisions that can cost his team a game, cost him a job. I think we're, we're pretty much all in agreement that it, it wasn't a penalty. Yeah, you know, for me personally, you know, it depends on the day for, for penalties now in MLS with the way the, the referees are. And it's hard to complain because some games, obviously, you know, your team gets a call, some other days it doesn't. And it was just one of those calls to me that was a fantastic play by Beasley to take out Montero. Obviously, the intent wasn't there to, to kind of stumble him over. He did a good job to position himself uh, when the cross came in to, to kind of push Freddie out of the way. But it was a good defense play from Beasley. So, no, it wasn't Beasley, actually. And that was what made it Sorry, even more awkward. It was Sinovic. Yes, That's right. yeah. So, yes, Sinovic Sinov- is the one who ex- who gently yeah. put put his hands into the into the back of the Colombian, and then oh, he's he, back to being the Colombian now that he missed the penalty, and he, <laughs> and he totally takes out Beasler like unintentionally, yeah. like he goes underneath Beasler, and Beasler lands on almost on his head or on his arm awkwardly, and he's like, "How are you giving this as a penalty? I've just been I've been fouled." I think that was Beasler's yeah. beef to start with. I mean, it was kind of karma then that. We didn't score from the penalty. 
terrible penalty, really. And it's the second one he's missed of the year. I was trying to find the audio. I am pretty sure when he missed the first one, and I can't even remember what game that was now. Portland. Portland, yeah. Portland. When, When he missed that one, he said, oh, we'll get plenty more penalties and I'll, I'm, score, I'm them gonna, I'll score them all. Yeah. yeah. Now we have the question, should he be the penalty taker going forward? But before we come to that, why, why do you think he missed it? A, it wasn't taken well. B, the keeper saved it well. C, the heat on the day made his hair dye sort of run into his eyes and he couldn't see the ball. Or D... That new <laughs> hairstyle has made him look like Eric Hurtado and he oh. just can't hit the ball in the goal. He's unrecognisable coming on. I didn't know who he yeah. was for a second. But. I, I was saying he's a golden boy, but uh, <laughs> I don't think so now. What, I'm colourblind. What colour? I don't know. It's, it's, it's that kind of it was, silvery. Yeah, it was like the, kind of like the messy, messy colour. Yeah. Yeah. Silver surfer. The same thing that both Pedro Morales and Kendall Watson did in the offseason. Yes. Yeah, and then yeah. quickly changed their minds. Yeah. It was, it was a terrible one. But... I wonder what I, I wonder what old people like elder the elderly think about these guys dyeing their hair silver. Gray, I hate it. Like, <laughs> or, or do you mean like even older than me? I mean a little bit older than you. Yeah. Okay. Like senior citizens. I hate it. <laughs> You're not a senior. <laughs> no, my views are though. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh man. Um, right. Serious question. He has missed two now. Should he be the penalty taker moving forward? Here's my, this is a, I believe he's taken three already. I think that I can remember he's uh, scored one. I think he's taken three. If I'm not, might might have been two. So that's there's two missed. That's that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's the only two that's stuck in my mind. He might actually have scored. I th- one. I'm not. I it was right. a home game. I forget what game it was, but I remember it. He was two for three. So this is four games now that Freddie Montero has not scored a goal in, which a is a bit concerning for me. But b given the circumstances, you know, a striker that's kind of your leading guy that's played. Frankly, at the start of the season, didn't play many minutes. He's trying to get fit, but he's come back and he's he's played well. But you know, going on the road in tough environments like Houston with the Heat, Montreal, yeah, and, and no service as yeah, well. In exactly, four one four one. So it's you know it, a guy for him coming from you know a different league. It's he's just you know he's been good, but for four games without a goal, you know it's there's not a lot of questions asked there. But I you know you got to think like if it's if he's missed two penalties in a row, he scored one obviously in Portland off the rebound, but. Again, maybe he could add a, a goal after he missed a penalty there, like a good look, a good rebound for him. But yeah, and he was yeah. frustrated because you saw, like, when the rebound came out, Bolo went in first, tried to get it, then Freddie went in. The ball did come loose, and I was waiting for the ref to to see foul on the keeper, but he didn't. So it was a live ball, and they cap, should have capitalized on that. But after the danger was cleared, Montero, you saw his frustration. He's, you might not, I don't know if you, this came across on the TV or not, but he's lying on the turf and he's banging the turf. And so was Bola, but I think that was because he had a knock, which was a bit worrying as well. But yeah, for me, moving forward, I think for the next couple of penalties at least, he should come off it. Someone like Christian Teixeira, I would like to to see take it. I believe, Zach, you were calling for Kendall Waston to no, take well, it. No, because yeah, I, I was Par- partially jokingly and partly, partially just because I love Kendall. But uh, no, because Kendall was there when they were... As the Kansas City players were arguing with Toledo about it, Kendall was in the mix to make sure that to oversee that conversation from from the Whitecaps perspective. And so I, yeah, to the people around me, I jokingly shouted out like, "Oh, let Kendall take it!" And then the miss happened, and yeah. I said, "I told you, Kendall should." Take yeah, it. you are you were correct. <laughs> yeah, so. um, but no, he, he couldn't have been worse. I don't <clears throat> think. Well, he, I, he could have like booted it. Into yeah, no, it's Z, a, no. It's a, I, I watched it again, and it. <laughs> 
it, it felt like I think I think Malia made a good Tim made a good save. So we should give him credit. I, I think he deserves credit. I think it was not the slowest penalty in the world. Like it wasn't it wasn't a slow roller. It wasn't like no. I mean, it, it's not the worst penalty you're going to see. No, but but if, I felt like his body language kind of telegraphed where it was going. That was I think the the worst part of it for for me. In terms of uh, sh- you know, should someone else be taking them from now on? I think uh, with any striker, with anyone who uh, even even when you know Pedro was taking them back in the day, you have to be I think really careful with how you you deal with that because you also don't want to hurt the hurt the player's morale. So yeah. you don't want to say, oh yeah, you've missed two. Sure, you put one on the rebound, but now it's going to be the bug, or now it's going to be Bola or whatever. I think you need to be really careful with with that from a psyche perspective. Yeah, sorry, one thing here. Uh, I would say mainly one thing that I would know for, for some soccer players is true, but mindset before penalty is, is tough to find your spot, and especially when you're trying to deal with the referee and other players. But, you know, going back, to when, Zach, when you mentioned about, uh, my, like, dealing with players and, and not letting them do penalties anymore, I'll take you back to Columbus last year, or is it two years ago when Kai Kamara got traded uh, for the Frederick? That is one thing that I do not want to happen, given Freddie's in his first year, but... You know that's something that the Whitecaps need to deal with correctly, and he's your he's your target guy. Why you you know you wouldn't want to take him away and say, hey, like you're not that doesn't give him confidence at all. So that's they got to deal with that the right way, and that's something that will be interesting to watch here. I I, I really I, I don't think that would be the most fruitful. I don't. I think that has the potential to not be a fruitful change. I, I would be anxious about that. Okay. Even though I would be happy for I'm happy for the ball to go in the net. That's obviously for, what I for, want. A, for a non-Colombian. Right after that, it looked like, oh no, it's really going to be a really costly miss because Casey went up the, off the pitch and then Eisted. He didn't have much to do in the game. And then that's what you want from a goalkeeper. He's quiet throughout the game and then when he's called upon to make a massive save, he does it. And Eisted did that little reach to, to kind of grab the ball and you're like, phew. I, I talked to him after the game and I don't get to see most of the game, right? And this game... Less than usual, I turned around to watch what was going on. So I, I was talking to him a little bit after the game. I said, Dave, I didn't get to see much of anything today. Did you have to make any big big saves? <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> he, he, was like, he was like, no. Oh. He was like, no, not really. And I don't even know if he was being humble or what, but he's like, and I was like, I, did, someone told me you got kicked. Did you get kicked? He's like, oh, yeah, the guy came into me. You know, it's the same. It's Kansas City, same old, same old, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no. Yeah, which we will come to yes, shortly. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but no, it, uh, watching it again, then I, wa- then I watched the game, and like, yeah, that was uh, definitely a key moment, like a, a potential turning point. Yeah, de- definitely a game changer, because if KC got back into that, then you're wondering exactly what, what's going to happen. The White Caps mixed things up a little bit. Kind of alluded to the the tackle on Davies. We're going to come to that after we hear from both coaches. But so di- we can't talk about that before we talk about the goal. No. Okay. I, I was going to go in chron- chronological order, yeah. but I actually have some audio from Roger Espinosa about it. So we'll play that in a bit. So let's let's get to the winning goal. Well. Who's Roger Espinoza? Who's that? I don't know. <laughs> Do you mean Roger Espin- Espinoza? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Okay. It's just like Albert it's like, it's like Steve's here and he's not here. Yeah. May he rest in, in San Diego. Is that where he is? Yeah, he's in San Diego just now. Really? Yeah, he was telling me he was doing a zip line. It was a mile long. And he he's... was the last person on the zip line. But with his weight, he was the first person to finish. 
He probably is going to hate me telling that story, <laughs> but that is what he told me. I just thought so I'd So family vacation? That. Yeah, family vacation. Oh, sweet. He's doing some scouting as well, where we're trying to sign some San Diego writers nice. for the new MLS team, EFTN San Diego. Ooh, got a catchy name to it. <laughs> yeah. Stay classy, San Diego. Stay classy. <laughs> so, the goal. Tim Parker. We're going to have a chat with Tim later in the show as well, where he's talking about that goal and just how he's played this season. So we won't go into too much detail about Parker, but let's talk about the goal. Crucial one, there was a foul on Davies, and we'll we'll come to that. And then the set pieces this year have definitely been better. If you listen to episode 195 of the podcast, our KC preview show, we played audio from Peter Vermees and a couple of the players, and they were talking, they were worried about the danger of the Whitecaps set pieces. And considering how dreadful they've been for for seasons now, that's kind of nice to hear. And a big thing behind that is Christian Bolanius. And great delivery from that free kick, right onto the head, well, kind of went over Kendall's head, but then right onto the head of Tim Parker. May have got a bit of a deflection to go in, but he met it powerfully enough to, to take it in. And it was great to see him score, and it was it was a great goal. Yeah, it's a relief. That's his first goal in MLS. He's gotten one in the Champions League and one in... Um the Canadian Championship as well, so nice for him to finally get the, the lucky MLS goal. Gideon, Gideon here, it's called the Voyager's Cup. Sorry, the Voyager's Cup. <laughs> just, just to Zach, I do call it the Canadian Championship, and it's the Canadian Championship for the Voyager's Cup. As uh, long as you say it that way, I'm okay. Yeah, that's how I will say it, because it is. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, like last year, I remember, if I can recall, that uh, Morales wasn't taking the set pieces. It was Bolaños for most of the year for corners. Um, so earlier in the game, you talk about Bolaños already had an assist, and that was uh, last week too when Breck Shea got that header. That was it was a similar play as well, albeit this time from coming in from the left. But fantastic header from Tim Parker, who did well. He's a, he's a gritty guy that gets on the end of that. A, a really good header and a tough one for center back as well, not facing the goal, but a great header and an even better service from Blanios, who's been exceptional on the, on those uh, set pieces, home or away uh, this season as well. I think I think the 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 way he put the ball in, uh, sorry, where he put the ball in and the way he put it in, it was like a. Uh, just like a whipped, fast, powerful cross. And it was right into that sweet spot where almost like between the defenders and the keeper. Because I think Tim Mealy yeah, was they, coming for yeah, it. Yeah, he, he, he couldn't come, then he was getting blocked, yeah. and then he's off his line, so he left a gap. And it, yeah. it, it was a nice finish. So pleased for Tim. And well, we'll hear from Tim later in the show. Caps then had a few late chances. Could easily have won 4 or 5 now. Shot that came off the post or header that came off the post and then there was a chance for Kendall and then there's a few other chances as well. Real spark when Alfonso Davies came on and I thought that was good to see because he had looked a bit tired, he had looked a little bit ineffective just before he, he this kind of change of formation. So I think that was good and it did make you wonder because obviously that then changed it from the four one four one To four two three one. Yeah, should that be how they go at home? Well, we're going to talk about this later, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Things I was going to are, talk about it now. Things are going to have to. Things are going to change because there's a cup game midweek, yes. and things are. There's no chance of there being the same lineup for the DC game. No, because Mati Laba got suspended, no, and, and after no, the so, game, Robo was like, "Ah, oh, so disappointed," and then blah blah blah, and it's like, "Yeah, no, you're not. He's going to miss the DC game, and he's then going to be available for the Atlanta and the Dallas games unless he gets sent off in one of them." No, but <laughs> but as a coach, you've got to be disappointed because. That happens like at the center circle. There's no reason to yeah. take a yellow card. Exactly, there. which is why he deliberately took the yellow card for me. He he you wanted so? a, he wanted a no. booking, not to. So I, he got his suspension, and it was done. I don't think yeah. so. 
just because the way the, the way that the game was going then, I think like everybody knew that no matter how like hard hard the challenge was, they might have gotten something like a yellow card. But I don't think that was like you know lava tackles hard either way. And for the game, the way the game was going, that was no. Yeah, I, I now that you say it that way, Michael, <laughs> I I wouldn't put it past. Do you think he was pulling think, a David Beckham? Yeah, I was going to say, think of Beckham, <laughs> no, but, 93rd no, but minute. That was, that was foolish. Yeah. Didn't he get suspended for that, or didn't he get a fine? Yeah. He he got a but fine, see, yeah. see Matty's has us debating whether it happened or not, so... Because it, he <laughs> made, if, according to your theory of it, Conspiracy he, made it theory, yeah. he made it look so... Or, or fake news, as Nathan Vanstone said, uh, a lot of our show is. Is that what he said? Yeah, he did. Terrible. That one's for you, Nathan. <laughs> Oh, uh, there, there's something I could say there, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> by my tongue. Um, no, because I, 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 it looked like a yellow card that he might take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except for it made no sense in the context of the, yeah, yeah. Of the game. But now it does. Now it might. Yeah, we'll talk about a little bit more from the game, but for now we're going to play some audio from both head coaches. Not a lot. A little bit from Carl Robinson, just talking about some of the things in the game. And then we're going to hear from... Sporting Kansas City head coach Peter Vermees, who didn't have too much to say about the game, wasn't overly, <laughs> overly happy. So here are the two head coaches, the Whitecaps, Carl Robinson and SKC's Peter Vermees. Carl, uh, just, just your, your impressions of this one uh, after a long, long time away for the, for, the, for the team. It's nice to be back home. <laughs> I think it took us a little bit of time to get into the game. I think we weren't at our levels in the first half. Uh, but we went in 1-0 at half-time. Wonderful goal, super technique, super cross, super touch. But I think we needed to lift it because they're a good team. You know, the standings don't lie and I challenged them at half-time. I said, we need to up it, otherwise we will get into a right game. Uh, we knew it would be a difficult game and it proved to be that. Um, but key moments in games, turn games and they weren't for us today. You talk about last year and only getting six wins at home. You're halfway there already. Is it sort of what you envision when you blueprint the season? How are you hoping no, to... We, we, we need to be better all around. And I, I said that to him on a, on a daily basis. You need to work hard. That's, that's a prerequisite. And I, I demand that. I'll give you a bad game, a bad touch, things like that. But you work hard. If you don't work hard, then you won't play. That's pretty simple. If you do, these boys have got quality in that locker room. And they've shown today. You know, it wasn't the prettiest. But second half, I thought we played some wonderful football. Disappointed we missed chances because we did have a number of chances. Um, but with good teams, they always have their chance as well. And their chance come right after our missed penalty. Um, so it was another, uh, another big save by David. With the four road games, you went for consistency. You went with the unchanged lineup. There's a lot of folk thought you may change it with being at home and playing a bit different. How much thought did you give in to maybe trying to mix it up a little bit? Or are you happy with this 4-1-4-1? I gave it lots of thought. I do. And it's already in my mind what I'm going to do Tuesday and Saturday now because there will be have to be changes. So... Sometimes you get it right when you win or get a, a result or a performance, and sometimes you don't. So lots of thought have come, has gone into it. I just felt it was right. Uh, but if you would have seen me at halftime, maybe you would have seen three changes then. Tim Parker got his first MLS goal. He, he's been a rock in the defence this year. Can you maybe just talk a little bit about what he's meant to the team this season? Yeah, he's been strong. He's been very, very professional. We talk about it all the time with our young players. You have to be that. You have to have a discipline off the field. He's got that, but his performances on have been very mature. I think he's been strong. I think first half, there was areas that he needs to tidy up, and I told him, uh, but he responded in the right way. When, when you have a, a dig at players or a pop at players or tell them some things that they don't like, 
they go one or two ways and, and Timmy certainly goes the right way so another strong performance by him and Kendall a clean sheet for these guys the defenders and the, and the goalkeeper so uh, but he needs to continue to do it because you know he's got aspirations as well um, an interesting game in the sense that it got livelier in the second half um, you were frustrated at times with some, some of the calls in the officiating. Can, can you give a summarization of your frustrations at uh, some of the things that you saw tonight? It's, it's Honestly, it's not worth it. Um, it's not worth commenting about the, the, the decisions. They're over with. Um, uh, Vancouver, uh, look, they scored two goals. Um, the first one kind of, I think it probably mentally broke us just because three games in eight days and we're we're pretty tired we we tried to make some changes to give us some legs the guys that, who came in did well it just it was hard to do wholesale changes across the board um so at the end they deserved three points we didn't score any goals so we didn't deserve it Scottish band, the shop assistants there with Train from Kansas City, have to get that in. So Giddy and Michael will play a lot of music that you'll never have heard of before, ever. Kind of catchy, though. Kind of catchy stuff. Wait till this episode's wavelength. Uh, it's topical. It's about uh, the conservative UK sports minister from the late 80s. Everyone's going to love this. Anyway, that was Carl Robinson and Peter Vermees there talking about the game. And we'll just talk a little bit more about it just now, then we'll go to some ads. So we talked about the formation. Five straight games, same formation. As Zach mentioned, it's not necessarily going to be the same lineup for the DC game on, on Saturday, but it could still be the same formation. If he wants to keep that same formation, then you have to think that Russell Tybert and Ben McKendry are auditioning for that spot on Tuesday's game against Montreal. Well, yeah, obviously, you know, with Matias Laba getting that uh, suspension for Saturday, I think you mentioned, you know, he might get a look at that game. But, you know, for as much as a meaningful game as this is for the Warriors Cup, um, they need a big result at home because going away to Montreal is, is a very tough place to play. And it'll be Montreal won't bring. I think we talk about being a full squad. I don't think they will just because of the fact that they've got, you know, a few guys that can uh, do some damage at home in Zamali and yeah. obviously the guy named Ignacio Piatti. I don't know if you've heard of Ignacio Piatti. Piatti is man. not coming, I have been told. Oh. I was going to reveal that in part three, but we'll reveal that now. So no no Piatti? No Piatti. Zamali, have you heard yet? Or? That I don't know, but I was just told oh. by a well-placed source <laughs> that he's probably listening to this and going, hey! <laughs> One of the, uh, the roster things must come out tomorrow, right? Yes. Uh, I'm dying we're going to, to talk about We're going to talk yeah, about that in part sorry. three, so let's make it... No. Let's not get ahead. So I want to read a tweet which we got from AFTN writer and TSS Rover stats guy, Joe Deasy, who says, do you think the 4-1-4-1 will lead to playoff success? He can see advantages of it in the often cagey playoff matches. Yeah, you know, for, for some people I heard talking at the game on Saturday is that when you see a 4-1-4-1 with three out-and-out midfielders and Chani Jacobson and Lava, that the entertainment value is not there, which I 
wholeheartedly disagree with because of the fact that all three guys can play defensive and offensively very well. As you saw, Laba got a couple goals a few weeks ago. So those guys can play defensive as well as offensive. And they've done a very good job of that. And Jacobson, obviously, with that goal in Montreal, just an exceptional strike. And those guys have got it done this year. And it's just crazy to think that, you know, initially you look at a 4 one 4 and oh, they're going to sit back. But no, they did very well to attack. And Shawnee was everywhere uh, for yeah, the, he, he the had minutes a good he played, albeit short. But yeah, you know, I like that sub by Robinson for Chani for Davies. That was a that was a good idea at that point in the match. I had a good conversation with with AJ when he was coming into the stadium while we were setting up. Um, he said, "Oh, how are you doing?" And I said, uh, "I'm not doing as good as your form is right now." But and he had a good laugh. But um, did you ask him about the UBC track guy? No. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> um, no. I, I yeah. I I like. Uh, I guess kind of answered the, the, the question. I, I'm. It's, it feels like they've found something that can either be the primary thing or or our alternate thing in mm. terms of formation yeah. and tactical approach. Yeah. And so in talking to, in talking to AJ, it was like I asked him kind of some of the stuff we were we've been kind of guessing at or kind of imposing our own thoughts on what they're doing and or why the, they're or fake, fake news. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, about about having. Three guys who are defending has been more of their focal point of their of their task on the pitch, but now giving them telling telling them to have. Uh, I think this was Steve's uh, perspective a while ago. Having them th- have a uh, attacking or going forward mentality first because it's easier for them to naturally fall into defending as opposed to say, go out and defend, and then, oh, yeah, you got to attack, and that's yeah. the secondary mm-hmm. thing. So I think for AJ especially, who's been given more freedom and more license to go forward, I think it's been, like, life-giving, and it's just been awesome. I he, think- he's definitely looked like a guy that has so much freedom now, and it, we're, we're seeing the best off him. And it's, it's good, and Chani, I think, now knows he has to raise his game yes. as well. And I think he had a really good game. He did. It, it I heard some people saying it was not probably, super flashy, but no, then, yeah, no, those guys aren't going to do that. Yeah. No, but I, lo- I heard a number of people say that they felt it was his strongest game overall game since he's been here. That's a fair point. And then the, the two subs as well, uh, Ed Wells from the province referred to how it's now a standard starting eleven and standard substitutions, and it's in the <laughs> matrix now. Very bizarre, but anyway. But he's but, not but, a football writer. No, yeah. but anyway, Shea coming on and Davies coming on have been the two standard subs in the last couple of games as well. And then Nico got that. Yeah, disappointed Shea didn't score. He didn't get twenty-one minutes. Though. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, as soon as he came, as soon as he came on, he was coming on. I turned to people. Oh, he's not going to score. He's not given the unless there was, was tons of extra. Was it Anna? Time. Was it Anna who posted that on Twitter? Yeah, Anna was, was the first was like, one to notice that twenty-one yeah. minute man. She. I was talking to her on Friday night at the game about she is like a expert tweeter or like I don't know she is she's going to help do AFTN social media I hope that would because be... I don't understand Instagram so that's why that's why we've got an account and never used it <laughs> um, but yeah no I turned to people and I was just like well he's not going to score he doesn't have twenty one minutes how is he going to score so another tweet we've got and then we'll go to some ads and yes our favorite vampire ad will be here. <laughs> Is that for Duncan? It's for Duncan and my wife who heard it for the first time and loved it. She said it's one of the best ads ever. Wait, you told me your wife doesn't listen to this. She listened to when I was editing Sunday's show tonight, oh, okay. which we finally was able to put up. Um, Greg Petrie at Our Dumb World said, Did I hear Robinson say in the audio we played there that there could have been three lineup changes at the half? He did say that. Philosophy change? He never subs before the 60th minute. <laughs> but that yeah, is a standard, standard thing for him. 
So we'll be back with some more talk about the game. We'll talk about the tackle on Davies. We'll talk about some of the individual players as well. Anyway, you are listening to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, broadcasting on 101.9 FM, citr.ca online, from the University of British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam Territory. The only soccer show on Vancouver FM Radio. So before the break, we had a lot of chat about the the game, uh, the win against SKC. And I think I know what everyone is dying for us to talk about. The tackle. Espinosa. On Alfonso Davies. So before we get into our thoughts on it, let's just play Har went into the KC locker room and was speaking to a few of the guys there and she spoke to Espinosa and was kind enough to let us have the audio for the show. So give her a follow on Twitter, at Har Journalist. And I think when you hear his take on how things happened... It might not be what we think. Let's hear now. Roger Espinosa. Your thoughts on the match today? I thought the first half we did really well. Uh, I think that goal kind of uh, was very difficult for us. It cut us in a, in a tough moment because I thought we were going to go into halftime 0-0 in the second half. Uh, we were trying to come back and uh, we were pushing. Uh, I thought we got a little tired at the end. You think playing on Wednesday and having as many games as you had recently maybe finally caught up to you guys? Yeah, I think that was one of the reasons why. Um, you know, we're a team that likes to keep possession, keep the ball, but you know, losing one zero on the road, uh, we had the same thing in uh, Orlando too. So we're coming back away twice. It, it, it makes it very tough. Uh, but hey, you know, now uh, uh, we have a week of break and it's gonna be good for us. What happened on that tackle with Davies? I slid. Just, you slid? I slid, and then I was already going for the tackle. So, But it wasn't nothing bad. I cut him with, with this part right here. He got up, and he said, hey, I saw you sleeping. No, no problem. You think it might be supplementary old disco? Like- uh, that's not my decision. Uh, I, I have never injured a player in my career. So I don't think well, there should be a problem or a reputation. If I have injured a player before, then I should show it. But I've never injured a player before, so there's no reason why this should go. But, hey, it's not my decision at the end of the day. Gracias. So that was Harjit Jahal talking to Roger Espinosa there, apparently in the shower or in a rainstorm or something by, by the sound of the background. <laughs> so, that was, it was, it was, I, I was like, okay, she's going to open with, because if you know her, she always opens. Yep, she she's often, direct. Yeah, she often opens with, uh, this is the most pressing question I want. It was like she buried it a little bit. Yeah, she, she like, did really well with She that. like faked it. I like, oh, how do, what do you think about the game? Oh, too many games this week? Oh, and, and, then, and then she's just like, then boom, boom. <laughs> what happened on the tackle, <laughs> Davey? Bomb, bombshell. <laughs> yeah. But as you heard there, nothing to it. It was fine. You, you don't agree. Oh, my goodness. It was, it was shocking. Okay, so uh, again, going back and watching it, watching the game, that was one of the things I wanted to look, look more closely at. First glance, it's a horrendous tackle. When you go back and you actually look at it again, it's a, it's 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 shockingly bad, and the the problem is okay. So he says he slipped, and when you watch the replay, yes, you see him sort of going down. That's not the problem. The problem is that he is intentionally reckless, and he intentionally puts at harm the safety of his opponent. And if this is only sixteen, who cares about that? Child abuse. If, if yeah, disco, exactly. If disco doesn't do something about that tackle, it shows how poor and maybe biased or or whatever that they are. Because that, yeah. that, he put his opponent in, in danger. 
Well, his I mean, if they don't, child services surely will. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was shockingly bad. It, it was, and at the time on Twitter, I was going, "How is that not a red?" And then I thought, "Man, maybe I'll wait till I see the replay of it, and I'll maybe change my mind." No, yeah. for me, straight red, Gideon. Yeah, you know, sometimes in uh, MLS we talk about protecting players. Uh, certain players, maybe not. There's not an agreement you could say, but sometimes the league does like to protect its star players. Alphonse, obviously, 16. You can't really argue yet that he's a star, um, but he uh, he will be soon, and that's something that the league needs to address with that t- uh, tackle from Espinosa. From where I was sitting uh, behind the uh, Kansas City goal, or pardon me, the Whitecaps goal in the second half, it was hard to see first glance, second glance, third glance, fourth glance on TV and on the replay systems of BC Place. Yeah. It was, albeit I will say, sorry to argue with you, but Espinosa was falling, but I will say the momentum was not. He could have got up and 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 kind of deflected his feet, but he went it studs up. It was also a scissor there, and um, at that point of the game, with all the tackles flying in with Lava and everybody else, that for me, if that's not a red card, I don't know what is. Albeit he was slipping, but that was pretty blatant. A couple of things. First, it was great that we scored off that free kick. It was <laughs> yes, yes. and you, you saw the joy from face. Robo. He yes. was like fist pumping. He went right the into the, He looked bench. right yeah. at the fourth official. Yes. And he just gave it to him. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, we got a tweet from uh, again from Joe Deasy asking, "Do you think VAR would have sent uh, Espinoza off?" And I would say, "Yeah, I would." I do as so. well. I mean, you saw when the replay. Now, obviously, it's a biased home crowd, but when the replay was played on the big screen, yeah. the, the oh noise from everyone, and and it was shocking that they played it on the screen because yeah, I, I don't know. Well, if not really because they do like to. They, well, no, no, but they're not supposed to. Yeah, they're not. Oh, they're not, not, yeah, they're not supposed to, but they do. Like they I, do. I, like they might, for example, they might get fined for doing that because they were showing a play that incited the crowd toward against true, the referee. But or true. you could also argue that Davies was down for a little bit, so maybe they showed the the why he was injured, but also the tackle was was there. So that's something that maybe you could argue. But again, that was. I'm, I'm, I don't have words to say about that, so I'm just yeah. going to leave it at that. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, no one really wanted to, to say too much about it af- after the game, but it, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to Simon Borg's instant replay to see what he thinks of it. We started we started chanting, let's all have a disco, or you're going to have a disco <laughs> or something like that, yeah. So, we've covered that. Now, I'm going to go back to a section we started a, a good few weeks ago, and then we never revisited it, as with most of the things that I seem to come up with segment-wise. So we're going to do a section now called Reasons to be Cheerful, Reasons to be Miserable. We're going to look at three things that made us happy from the game. Could be players, could be an incident. Three things that kind of made us a little bit miserable. Which obviously for Zach's nothing, because you're obviously part of the Optimus Union and everything. But we'll find <laughs> I'm out. I'm not part of the Optimus Union. I respect the Optimus Apparently Optimus. I joined it with my optimistic comments last week. True. And your predicted victory. Yeah, we'll wait till they hear my predictions this week. <laughs> anyway, let's kick things off with Reasons... To be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. One, two, three. Ian Jury and the Blockheads there with reasons to be cheerful. I'm just going to name check all the songs I play now. Because Steve's obviously not here and Steve's been doing some of the songs for introductions and stuff, so... Uh, Gideon, Steve has done songs you've heard of before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From, from this this this, from this decade or sixteen, either yeah, way. Yeah, twenty fourteen. Anyway, John Mouse. Reasons to be cheerful. So let's kick things off. We'll, we'll let Gideon start. It's his first show. What was your main reason to be cheerful from that game against Casey? Uh, 
something that I would have to say is the play of Christian Bolaños. Um, I know he's talked about either playing the wing or attacking a midfield role there is, you know, either way he's good with. But I think right now, for the look of this Whitecaps team, if they if they do choose to stick with the four four one one, I'm okay with them playing out wide. But if they we talked about switching to the four two three one with Alfonso coming on late. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing him slot him in behind Montero just because of the plays he made, not the ch- just the two assists because points don't usually get it done uh, in soccer, but just the play, he, he communicates with everybody pretty well. You know, he, he knows where people are going to be, which is something you don't usually get from a player coming into the league, say a Jordi Reyna right away. So he he knows the team, he knows the system, he knows the players. That's something uh, that's good. Also something that was good was uh, the play of Tim Parker and Kendall Watson, not just the, the positioning, but the communication and Kendall and, I really, uh, you just allowed one. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah, just the I communication you were there. Three. Oh, we're going to do three all together. Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Okay. So, Zach, what is yours? Bo- that's a good show for Bola. I would tend to, I tend to agree with that. It's, it's. I like how we're playing with inverted wingers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really enjoying that. I like my football with inverted wingers. <laughs> um, Anything else make you cheerful? Uh, yeah, there. I mean, obviously, there's a few things. Just winning, and yeah, it's always good, yeah. mm-hmm. especially um, at home. Are, are we talking about? Sorry, just to clarify, are we talking about just this game? Or are we talking just about just this game? Just like what, this what we game. took oh, from yeah. this game? Just this game. Should probably have given you a little bit more detail as to what we're doing in this section before just doing it. But uh, I think okay, I'll give a, a different. This is kind of a season one, but it's tied into the game as well. I think the. Um, the fact that we've solidified the right back position with with yep. uh, Shane and Willi- mm-hmm. Shane and Williams, yeah, Sh- Shane has. I mean, I think I can't remember who it was. Someone tweeted it out. It might have been Perry, but someone tweeted out anyway. He's the the unsung hero of the year. I don't think he is like underrated. I think people do know what he yeah. has brought to this mm-hmm. team. Yeah, I, I, it's really good to not have to worry. You know, I'm. I know if you, going back to to 2011. Ro- I, Right back roulette. Yeah, it was called right back roulette. Uh, and even though we had some people who we love playing that position, um, it was a difficult season. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like he's really made it his own, and he got an assi- he got an assist. Right, Michael's covering his mouth. I'm trying not to make the joke that just popped into my head. Oh, okay, yeah, please don't. Um, uh, he got he got a second assist on on uh, the bugs' uh, beautiful volley. Um, we got a clean sheet, which he was a part of, and then biasly he came and did the humbo with us in our section after the match, which was great. I've sent you the photo, by the way. Yeah, it looks yeah. good. Thank you. I should just have replied to your text message instead of doing it on a radio show, but yeah, I've, <laughs> I've sent you that photo. I mean, for me, my reason to be cheerful, Twin Peaks back after 25 years. <laughs> oh, oh man. Wait, it's... is that Kendall and, and uh, Kendall and Timmy? Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yes. There's a new nickname. Who's the, who's the log lady? <laughs> really wish you guys watched the show. I, I know what I didn't watch Twin Peaks. I, part of me wishes I did, but I, I I think they were running like old stuff on TV or, or whatever. Oh, I, I've got the full box set, the prequel, and everything. I just saw Alleged. something on TV and I was like, oh, it was like the beginning. I was like, oh, let's see what this is about, and I was just like, Ooh, it was yeah, bit... it's it's probably an acquired taste. It was a very slow start to to this first episode as well if anyone didn't really know this show it's not going to have folk yeah. thinking oh this is fantastic but it has a cult it's a cult classic yeah. it has a cult following you know yeah as i think we will find that kendall and timmy will have a cult following by the end of the season which ties into my reason to be cheerful which is another clean sheet and 
for me, we talked about it earlier in the show, this change in the defence has been mm-hmm. fantastic. And I was worried. Pre-season, I was a bit more comfortable with it. They weren't playing great opposition, but they did look more of a cohesive unit. Williams has come in and has really, really helped with that. And to me, gave a nod to that after the game. And a, a lot of other folk have kind of spoken uh, uh, just about what he's meant to the team. So talk, I know you're talking about the clean sheet. I, I felt like Jordan had a bit of a better better game on the whole. Yes. I, yeah. No? Mm-hmm. No, I uh, see. I didn't. Timmy did, which we'll hear when we chat to him in a, in a little bit. But so I didn't. Okay. Well, for me, anyways, I saw the effort from Jordan Harvey was certainly there. When some games it is, but, you know, for, for his, I'm not going to say age, but for him, it, it's tough, you know, with a young he's kid. He's a and, spring chicken. Yeah, he is. But he... Uh, he's the, 32 or 31? To me, he's a spring chicken. Oh, okay. But yeah, just like a f- three times I counted the first half on Saturday, he went headers against guys that were taller than him. He fell down. He he tackled hard. He was a, a great player that day. But yeah, you know it's it's disappointing when you lose Stephen Bates. Sure, going back to the right back point, but Shane Williams has stepped in and just done exceptionally well for this Whitecaps team. Okay, I why do you think Harvey? What, I'm going to come to that okay. in our next part oh, of sorry. this. I'm sorry. Which is I'm sorry you didn't tell me it was weird. No, okay. you've made a guess. Reasons. To be miserable. Reasons to be miserable. Another good excuse to be dead. It's one more thing to gripe about as I while away my days in bed. Half man, half biscuit there with reasons to be miserable. <laughs> this is more my kind of music. Dirge. And, again, mentioning this wavelength song, which we come later in the show. Remember the song I played that you said was a dirge by the band I Ludicrous? Yeah, it was It was like 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it was like an eight-minute song that was like, it was something from a funeral. Yeah, guess who's the band of the night? Anyway, talking of reasons to be miserable, that'll be Zach later in the show. So oh, I, I enjoy listening to music that's different that I don't own. So it's... No one else plays this music on radio, I think, anywhere in the world. Even if I, Ludacris, had their own radio show, I don't think they'd be playing these songs on it. Anyway, Gideon, what is your reason to be miserable from the game? Um, it's such a minor thing and such a good performance from the Caps, but I'd have to say that the lack of finishing in the final third, in the final 50 minutes, I will say, uh, I think you, if you can remember the Afonso Davies chance when he came in after yeah. Freddie played Debola. There was three quality chances there. All three players did everything right. Alfonso maybe took a, an extra touch, but Freddie shot it first time, which was great. And Teixeira's shot was just wide. But, all, you know, just the chances were there. You know, obviously that post from Timmy Parker, but it's it's got to be a little bit better. You know, you're not two nothing is good, but, you know, it's it's hard to say with the, uh, this team right now. It's, uh, yeah, it was a good performance. Uh, Kansas City without Dwyer is a different beast. Three oh, games in eight days, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they, they I know, uh, there's no one to throw your popcorn at. Yeah. yeah. They they also weren't, uh, I, I mean, obviously we've talked about some of their tackling already, and, and they, I think when Benny Fellhaber doesn't start there, they do less tactical fouls than when he when he does play, mm-hmm. <laughs> because I think he gets away with a lot of them. Um I think so. It's, I agree with you. It's a little bit hard to to pick one thing. I know what Michael's going to say, so I'm not going to say that. So I'm just going to say uh, the miss PK because yeah. you have to score those. It's got to be concerning a little bit. I this is going to come as a surprise to everyone. 
I didn't think Jordan Harvey had that good a game. I, I, first half. Second half, he was okay. In that, I didn't really notice he did anything wrong, but that was partly because KC didn't have the ball that much. The first half, the amount of times that Fernandez was getting past him and Parker was kind of scary. Mm. But but let me ask you this. Is that the... It's not... I mean, it's a general thing for Jordan Harvey. The pace isn't there. The positioning is. But you could say that... It does happen. I didn't. I didn't notice that as much uh, before, but I did. I did notice in previous games that he does get caught out quite a bit. But especially on Saturday, he positioned himself very well against a very quicker uh, Kansas City attack than, than normal. It, it wasn't my my biggest thing to be miserable about from the game. What was that? Um, it was actually what what Gideon said. It was oh. the the lack of yeah. taking those chances yeah. because, like, fortunately, they scored the two goals. If it gets down to a game where you're really needing to finish those chances or if KC had got a goal back and were pushing for an equaliser, that's the kind of things that, that is going to hurt you. But going back to Jordan, it is a worry for me. He isn't having his best season. And I'm a, I'm a big Jordan mm-hmm. Harvey fan. For me, he was the player of the year last year. He was, I think he was the AFTN player of the year. I can't, can't remember now. It's worrying for me that there's nothing really... If he wants a rest... You've got Marcel de Jong that isn't really a left-back. Brett Levis isn't available to go. July. Christian Dean. It should be back training within a month. Um, so that's some good news there. Yeah, I saw him yesterday. He's, he's in a boot still. He's, he's in the boot still. But he is... It's not as bad as everyone first feared. Yeah. And he hopes to be back training in about a month. Yeah, about So unlucky. Weeks. Yeah. So but unlucky. Also, he isn't really a left-back, but... Sam Adekube is... <gasps> Sam, Sam, Sam was in the elevator with me, but I never asked him. They were... He, I think he was training with the guys yesterday or doing stuff with the... the, the you, whole... You'd love him to be good to go for the, the game on Tuesday, he, but I don't think he will. Yeah. If we confirm, is he, would he be eligible? Is he eligible? I know Roy Well, depends who, de- depends who they name in the roster. Right, but a whole bunch of... Yeah, I guess people on social media or whatever, some of you are like, he's not eligible until well, new, yeah. a new window opens. There's a debate because alone, to, right? Yeah, it's, de- it's debatable when the class is the English season finishing. But also because, did they not recall him? Because A, because of the injury, and B, just because of other things that went on? But It depends what they've put it through as. Okay. Like if they could have cancelled the loan for all we know mm-hmm. because there there's not a lot of kind of transparency there. And it's it was always a talk of, he's going to go back, but he was never going to go back because the season was finishing. Right. To be fair, though, he did play well at Brighton when he was there, but yeah. it's nice to have him back for sure. So that was our reasons to be cheerful, reasons to be miserable. If you've got any others that we didn't cover there, send us a tweet at AFTN Canada. Also tweet us with anything you want to chat about at AFTN Canada. We talked about the excellent play from Tim Parker, and it was another solid performance all round. He couple of times in the first half, I did think he was caught a little bit out of position, partly because of Jordan Harvey. But he, he's he been a rock this year. He's been back to his best. He didn't have a great 2016 after a fantastic rookie season, his sophomore year. It wasn't a slump, but it wasn't fantastic. And he, he admits that himself. He was a bit disappointed with how he played last year. So I got a chance to chat with Tim after the game. Uh, Har was there as well, asked uh, a couple of questions, and we just kind of talked about his first MLS goal, what it's like to be part of this unique club as one of the, the players to have scored in all three of the competitions for the Whitecaps. We are trying to work out who else might have done that. We thought Nicholas Mosquita, Teixeira as well, yeah. possibly Hurtado as well. Um, so he's in great company. <laughs> um, 
Zach's just playing a funny face, or that might be his face, I don't know. The wind, wind might have changed. But anyway, let's hear now our exclusive chat with the Whitecaps goal-scoring hero, Timmy Parker. So it's probably felt like a long time coming. So, but what was it like to get that first MLS goal? Uh, a relief, I'd say, probably. Um, I've come close a numerous amount of times, and I think it's just finally fallen my way, maybe. And you're in a kind of rare club. You're a guy that's now scored for the Caps in MLS, Canadian Championship, and CONCACAF Champions League. So how does that feel? Uh, it's good. You know, I, I always um, made a joke that I only scored in uh, finals because that was my uh, that was my record until now. But um, it's just good to just obviously get on the score sheet in general. Tim, did you know it was going to come right for you, or maybe Kendall was in there too? No, we kind of we kind of practiced uh, during the week, just exposing kind of certain areas of the field, and uh, I saw it go over Kendall's head. It, I I didn't get much on it, and I think it might have taken another deflection on the way in. But you know, I was just fortunate to get something on it to make it go somewhere on goal. Your play this year, you've been one of the really solid guys in the defence. Carl was singing your praises after the match there. How how do you feel you've played this year compared to last season? Um, I definitely think I've hit a. I definitely think I stepped it up a little bit. I think um, last year was kind of my first full year as a starter, and it was kind of a tough year, you know, obviously mentally and obviously just following the consistency level that I need to be in. And I think this year I've kind of figuring out what kind of player I want to be, and obviously. That consistency thing is what I want to pride myself on. And if I have a bad game here and there, that's okay. But I think uh, week in, week out, I want to do certain things the right way. And talking of consistency, five unchanged lineups now. As a defender, how important is it to you to get that chemistry built up so, so much? Yeah, I mean, in the back line, it's great. I think we're finally we're grooving pretty well now. I think we're not giving up many chances. And in front of us, it's, it's good. You know, I think we all understand the kind of team we want to be in, the kind of players we want. And how we want to play the game. And I think we all understand that as a starting eleven, but also the guys on the bench that are ready to come in and make a difference. And the, the team last year, defensively, there was uh, quite a few calamities, for want of a better word. What's been the difference? What's turned it around so much this year? You know, I think, um, obviously, Shannon coming in, and then, obviously, Kendall and I have obviously both stepped up our games, I think, this year compared to last year. And then Jordan's just one of the most consistent players in the league, I think, in terms of what he gives game in and game out. So I think... From that, I think it's just us taking more responsibility and more pride in what we do. Tim, how important was it to come home and set a tone and get a result after being away from BC Place for so long? Very important. You know, I think we have a lot of games coming up here very quickly. So I think we wanted to make sure that we start off on the right foot, get the fans behind us, and hopefully that carries on throughout the rest of the home stretch. You took a bit of a knock there towards the end. How are you feeling after that? Uh, it's all right. It's all right. I fell on uh, some meat, but... No, it'll be okay. I'll be all right going forward. And the, the play that you've had this year, you've been involved in the fringes of the American national team setup. Is that in the back of your mind that you could possibly get a chance or have they been speaking to you about anything like that? No, I, I mean, I, for me, it's just I just want to make sure that I'm doing what I can here to obviously put, my, put myself in a good position there. You know, I think for me, obviously playing for your country is an honour. And I mean, if that comes, that's great. And if it doesn't, I just have to keep doing what I can to make sure that my name maybe does come in discussion there. Have you heard from Bruce at all? No, I have not. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> 
Timmy Parker there after his great goal against Kansas City. Um, first thing, quickly talk about, I was a little bit worried about he might be injured. He seems to think he's fine. He did get treatment for a little bit after the game. As you, he said, he fell in a bit of meat. Um, might be his nice way of saying his ass, I don't know. <laughs> but hopefully he's okay because he's he's definitely... The understanding that he has formed with Kendall this year has been fantastic. And just as well, because the way that the centre-back situation was at one point, they were the only two healthy centre-backs. But he, he's had a great season. Yeah, you know, especially I think I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, but last last year when Edgar came in, he was a bit out of favour. I remember the Colorado game. I think he had to play right back, uh, if not mistaken. Maybe it was Fraser Aird, but he he was out of uh, out of place. And now for a guy that's not really been thrown into it, but, you know, with Edgar gone for the year, he's been very good in stepping up. And that's something Carl Robinson must be smiling about because he's a guy that probably he stole in a draft, uh, I believe a 2014 draft. So um, that's a big win for the Whitecaps and as well. You know, he's a tough guy, but right now with the way that the Cinderack situation is with just Siler healthy, you'd think that Tim and, and Kendall would get the, the full 90 on on Tuesday. Maybe Andrew Jacob, Jacobson pardon me, could slide in, but I don't know about that and, and playing that many minutes and that many days for Andrew. I think the supporters, uh, Timmy Parker's performances um, make us love him, but the fact that he's scored against the Flounders in a Champions League match. He scored against Montreal in uh, the Voyager's Cup final, the only time we've ever won the Voyager's Cup. Like, there's something special about that and something special about him. And it's, uh, yeah, it, he's a lovable He's a lovable guy. Um, yeah, I, it's, been, it's been great to see, like you said, this kind of – partnership solidify i think coming into this year prior to what happened with with david and his accident in the offseason david edgar uh i think there were some real questions as to okay what would the the central the, the central part central partnership in our defense look like for this season uh would it be would it be tim would it be david some people were even calling for kendall to be the odd man out but it's been great to see these two uh, guys really yeah, form a bond, um, have an understanding. I think also a part of this is, which we've talked about in the past, is the, the role that Kendall having the armband plays and kind of having him settled in this kind of uh, yeah. leadership role. And, yeah, no, I'm excited to see how the se- how uh, Timmy continues to uh, play in this season. And we are in a, we are, as you mentioned, we are in a bit of an awkward situation with a little, like just this week alone, like some fixture congestion, yeah. and we we're but very. But Cole Siler is at least healthy again, so there is at least yeah. a third yeah. proper centre back no, and AJ so, that can. So slot Nerwinski can play centre back, I think, as well, right? I think I'm not sure, but he is healthy as well. Yeah, yeah. so that's go. good. So Nerwinski is available for selection. Siler is available for selection. Uh, Kyle Gregg's back available for selection. Marco yes. Marco Bustos is back available for selection. So and we'll talk about the Canadian Championship. Yeah. And who might be available because there's still a little bit of a grey cloud which I wasn't able to get clarified on Saturday night as to which WFC two players are eligible for it because it could open up centre-backs available from that as well. Even on a beautiful weekend in Vancouver, there's always a grey cloud somewhere. There is, (laughs) usually in my heart. But just before we wrap up talking about Timmy, at the end they were talked about possibly he might be involved with the, the US national team. And the Whitecaps tweeted out today, are you watching Bruce Arena? Um, and you might, you might not have seen that. They had his, a 
bit of his go when they said, are you watching Bruce Arena? Yeah, I, yeah. They I do know that the U.S. men's national team always injures our players, right? Yeah, especially centre-backs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But Gold Cup coming up, you don't know exactly yet how the U.S. are going to approach it, whether they're going to go for a full-on, full-strength team, whether it's going to be a U.S., North American kind of based squad, whether they're going to want to look at some young guys or whatever. If he keeps his play up, I really wouldn't be surprised if Timmy, who has been on the fringes, been in some training camps, if he is involved possibly with the Gold Cup squad, or at least the training camp before the Gold Cup squad. The only problem is, I think one of the problems is that young, younger domestic centre-backs is not really their area of need. No, they are quite ten a penny, really. It's the draft shows every year. That seems to be the strongest position in every MLS draft. And I don't think like the national team is really in super need. Like I think I think he would have to do a considerable amount more yeah, here exactly. to, to actually be drawn in for a camp, for a camp. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I mean, obviously, we hope that he will because that'll be good for him, be good for his morale, good for us. But yeah, we'll see how that all plays out. Yeah, with with the squad that's Mexico put out for the provisional squad, I think Bruce Arena will have one look at European players and one look at at uh, current base players in North America. But you know, with the way Tim Parker is playing right now with Kendall, I think both guys could actually get a shout—one for Costa Rica and one for the U.S. But yeah, yeah, no, I, I'd be a big loss for us as well. Well, yeah, that, 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 that is that, that is true. Yes, that would be. That, might, there's a yeah. chance that Robo could decline it like he always says he won't but you have to think yeah if there's no, no other fit center backs well he's, but, not, he's not gonna stop Kendall from playing for Costa Rica oh no no but uh he, but Parker and Siler do actually play well together so I don't have that big a concern but the, the ginger brothers the Americans are really deep and I think I think for arena arena has a really good relationship with for example Omar Gonzalez who's yeah, playing in Mexico exactly. and playing very well helped Pachuca win the Champions League I think he is like for sure one of their one of their starters and they have like a list of like three, four, five, six guys who I think are ahead of Tim Parker, unfortunately. Yeah. See, I, I'm torn. I, I would like him to play, but at the same time, I don't want to lose him for the summer. Especially because you know Kendall's pretty much definitely going to be away. Yeah. And there's going to be other guys possibly away as well. Oh, yeah. I, and I think he has a chance in the future, but I think he's got yeah. to build his reputation. Yeah. He's, he's got to build he's his portfolio. Young. Yeah, but and what, he's definitely turned his game around from last year. Yeah, with the way that I think the schedule is right now that there is no MLS games for a couple of weeks, I believe, with the Gold Cup. Either way, though, that, that, that is yeah, a we risk. Have a, we have a free week in July. Yeah. So even then sending two of your arguably best center backs away to international, that is a risk because obviously there's a risk for injury. But I, I wouldn't mind seeing Tim Park on the 30-man provisional just to get you know his feet wet and kind of enjoy the center, uh, yeah. veterans, I should say. That also remember, Robbo won't block pathways. No. <laughs> so we're going to be back after these messages with some talk about the Voyager's Cup. That one's for you, Zach. And... There's some interesting <laughs> chat to have about that. So we'll be back to chat about that after these messages. So certainly check out the UBC Yoga Club there. And just a little plug, if anyone is looking for a yoga instructor, <laughs> my wife, no, seriously, my wife has just become a qualified yoga teacher. So drop us a message at AFT in I Canada. I thought you were going to step in there. <laughs> no, I, scared. Oh. <laughs> she has tried to teach me yoga. And I am apparently one of the most inflexible people, and not just with my views, but I'm one of the most inflexible <laughs> people that she's ever come across. Oh, boy. But she's a fully qualified yoga teacher now, so if anyone wants to hire one, get in touch with us. We might bring some sponsorship. It might be something like the the Caitlin McCall Yoga dot com 
AFT and she took show. your name. She did. I made wow. her. That's what we do in Scotland because we got married in Scotland. Oh, okay. In the Black Isle on Halloween, I was dressed all in black. Nothing satanic so, about it, but so, we did. We did then go to a burial ground. So speaking. Wow. So speaking of the Black Isle and islands or whatever, have you seen how the Whitecaps are promoting Tuesday's Voyagers Cup match? Battle of the North. Yeah, yeah. I. I it's a, it's it, like a game, game of Thrones. Game of Thrones thing, I thought yeah. it was. Yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy it. I, who's going to be the White Walkers? Who's going to be Ned Stark? And I like Game of Thrones as well. Do, do you watch it? I've I've heard of the show. Okay, <laughs> it's not as good as Twin Peaks. Oh, it's not. A, okay, <laughs> that's that's good to know. Very different shows. And you're listening to the AFT and Soccer Show on CITR Radio. Broadcasting from the University of British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam Territory. Brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for all your BC national and international news and links and some fantastic local photographs as well from Bill Curry and his team there. So now we're going to get to what I think Zach's just been itching to talk about. TSS Rovers. No, the Canadian <laughs> Championship, Voyager's Cup, Kicks off on Tuesday for the Battle of the North. Well, it doesn't kick off because we've already had the preliminary round between those two also runs. Oh, I don't like that. You, what? I don't know. You, your NASL versus USL doesn't have the like. I stick with the Canadian thing, but I, I don't know. I it's it's just tough to see uh, Edmonton, or I should say Ottawa in the in the USL now, but. Well, it's, I hope you've enjoyed getting on tonight's I, show. It's going to be the last time he's on. I was just uh, going to say the same thing. <laughs> I want a wide open well, it's Canadian be, championship it's with TSS better. Rovers no, in yeah, it. Yeah, I know. The Canadian PL teams and with like Club Inter winning the BC Provincial. Get them in it. Well, yeah, well, Ottawa's going to give Toronto a run for the money. I, I know that for sure. But. I don't. I, I don't. think they're going to get yeah. hammered, but we'll that's we'll just the nature Toronto. of the beast. I think we'll they've been giving us a run for our money. We'll but. see how Toronto series Toronto takes it. Because you saw last year when we went to Ottawa... Yeah. We did not they gave play us, well. Yeah, but... The squad that came was... Toronto yeah. basically cannot take this tournament seriously in one sense, and that they already <laughs> have one foot in, in next year's Champions League, because even if they lose to Ottawa, they're going to have a playoff game against whoever wins this year's Canadian Championship. I think, so I, they can afford to field a weaker team. I think we talked about this earlier. We, we did. Got, <laughs> could they handle the PR of going out to Ottawa to save some fixture congestion. I, do you know what? I don't think anyone would really care. That's the sad thing about it. And, like, seriously, it, it's the sad thing about it. They could do that. Be and because they're walking away, well, not walking away, but because they're, they're doing well in, in the East just now, folk want them to win the Support Shield. Folk want them to win the MLS Cup. I really don't think the majority of any Canadian team's fan base really care whether they're in the Champions League or not. A lot of them do care whether they win the no, Canadian I think, Championship. I think but, you're wrong on that. Uh, I'm never wrong. No, I think fake news. No, I think <laughs> you're news. wrong. I think all of them, having had a taste of going to, we've all gone to the semifinals. Yeah, at least. that's something I wanted. To, I meant to ask Rob about that on Saturday, and I forgot, so I'm going to ask him on Monday, which doesn't help this show. But there we go. Yeah, no, I think everyone's had a taste, and they know how significant how significant it is, and the, the opportunity uh, the opportunity is. Plus, it's gr- like I don't know, I. Good exposure. Yeah, it's, it's, it was great to play Olympia from Honduras. Like, I just, you know, love that. I thought they were from Washington. Oh, boy. Wrong, wrong Olympia? No, yes, wrong Olympia. Okay. And, and Worst he, to tell I've ever stayed in was the Olympia Inn, by the way. Oh, if really? you're ever driving and you're thinking, 
you know, I just want to stop on my way somewhere and you see a sign saying Olympia Inn. Dreadful. Seriously. Don't cross Michael. No. Um, no, like I, I, I've enjoyed, I, I enjoyed it. Even um, Central FC, okay, that wasn't that as exciting, other than the fact that that result meant we topped our group. But it was nice to, you know, play somebody. Ken, when Jones came, I, in, I know, love like it. it was, you don't have to convince me. Yeah. People like get in here who don't even think Ottawa, Ottawa should, should be, be in the. It's going to be no, no. I've no. Here's the thing. I have no problem with those teams being in it. It's just the fact that they have to play each other the first round just because, you know, you'd like to see the underdog yeah, make it farther. A straight knockout would, yeah. would be good. Oh, so that's what you meant. You didn't like oh, the okay. two of them no, had to No, I, I right, love those okay. guys. But it's just, you know, it's just a tough playoff for the league, USL, NASL. Yeah, yeah so. Ed- Edmonton and Ottawa supporters, Gideon loves you. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. he'll give his Twitter account later in the show and you can, you can send a message. <laughs> you'll get lots of notifications. About that. No, like seriously, it should be a knockout competition randomly drawn. Mm-hmm. With seeded teams, obviously, because that's just how draws kind of work these days. But what about by by, by geography? Because that's what the states do, and that's probably what we'll end up doing. See, I I love the U.S. Open Cup. I I really don't feel that enough people in the in the U.S. appreciate what a wonderful competition yeah, they have. It is, and it is regional. It's regional in the early stages, and then in the final, tougher. it gets. One one thing we you know you talk about topping a group against Central. I don't know how we make it first, but we still have to play some of the best teams in the championship, like Red Bulls, and then we have to play Tigres. Like that's yeah. that's unfortunate, but anyways, Zach running away to cough, not realizing that the door is open. We can still hear you cough. So. <laughs> um, so let's hear a little bit from Robo now. As I said, I forgot to ask him if being in the Champions League has made them even hungrier to to get in it again, but he does have some interesting to, things to say about the Voyagers Cup and his disappointment as to how it ended last year and what the squad might look like for at least the, the first game or the first two games against Montreal. So let's just hear some thoughts from Robo. Just, just on that game, Carl, just the challenge that Montreal poses. I mean, they have to fly across the continent. Um, yeah. just, just sort of your, your thoughts ahead of that one. Tough game. They're all tough games in, in MLS. I know it's in the Canadian Championship. It's a tough game. You know, we threw it away last year. You know, and it was heartbreaking. And, um, you know, we'll arrest some guys. You know, there's no secret there. Players will get opportunities to play because we've got five, six games in a three-week span. So when you get your opportunity, I just suggest you take it because when these healthy boys are coming back as well, it's going to be great competition. I'm going to have lots and lots of headaches. And just again, talking about Tuesday, the squad's not out yet, but is the plan to possibly bring up some of the Canadian WFC2 guys? Yes, it is. We'll go through that now. Literally, the guys are talking about it in there already. Uh, we, they had a break in the USL schedule, um, but there was a number of guys that I wanted to bring in to try and trim that down to see who I pick for the first team game on Tuesday. So there will be a number of guys that are involved. Carl Robinson there, just talking a little bit about the Voyager's Cup, finishing a little bit earlier than... Than I was expecting there. But, yeah, the squad. Squad? Let's play some squad roulette. I think we're, we know for a fact there's going to be rotation. Now, what he has done in the past is he's done mass 9, 10, 11 players rotation, which I'm not a fan of because it destroys chemistry, just putting a bunch of guys that haven't really played together as a team before. Is there anyone that you can think of, though, that has been playing in these five games unchanged that you realistically expect to see on Tuesday night? Well, going back to, to 
the 9, 10, 11 players you talked about last year in Ottawa, example A, like that was just a brutal game. So that's something that Robinson's learned from clearly. Uh, one player that you, you would say I think would would be Tony Chaney, uh, just because he got subbed off early. I don't know if that was one eye on, on Tuesday, but I think that's one guy that you would like to see in the 11 for Robinson. And another one guy that hasn't been in that in lineup, I would like to see Paulo Tornagi, um, just because Richie got the early uh, season game. But, you know, Paulo's obviously you know the story there. He, he left, he came back, and... He deserves a start after being on the bench for pretty much three years now. What do you think about that, Michael? I was talking to to Har about this after the game on Saturday. I I think Ternagi will get the start for the exact reasons that you've said. Mm-hmm. I think Richie should get the start because I think he's the better goalkeeper right now, and he's put in some really strong performances for WFC two, as has Sean Melvin actually, who really has played himself into contention for getting an MLS contract for next year. Um, Paolo, when he didn't get the start after Ousted was suspended, it does make you kind of wonder how much faith they have in him. And if he didn't play in this game and Richie got the start, he's going to be wondering, why, why am I here? I didn't play when the number one suspended... I didn't play in this tournament. Yeah, but one thing you can mention, if if they want to keep the same starting 11 usually, or similar to that, they want to rest some guys, but some of the guys in the team right now are that are playing well are not Canadian, so you could think that if they need to have that three Canadians in lineup role, they might need to play Richie in goal, which would obviously suck for Apollo because of the fact well, that he's He is sitting, American. But. Yeah. Sorry, I thought he was Canadian. No, no. he's from Washington I, State. Which he's is from close Cas- to he's from Cascade. Yeah, yeah it's been fun. Though. Yeah. <laughs> he, although actually, he did tweet out. He has got a Canadian relative, and he wanted to tweet out if anyone knew what the eligibility requirements were to play for Canada. No, I think it's got to be grandparents, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I can't remember exactly who the relative was, but, I don't, but whoever it was, I don't think he qualified. No. But I, I can't really see any of the starters starting any this, this game. If if they've got two fit centre backs, I don't think we'll see any. So I could see AJ playing centre back. That that's a lot of heavy minutes yeah. for him. Though. Right, right. Let's quickly go through the team. So goalkeeper, who who do you think, Zach? You going to go for Paolo? Or you going to go for Spencer? I'm going to go for Paolo. I I was going to say I would be unsurpri- unsurprised if it was Spencer. But that's probably not the Is right that even word. a word. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was sorry. I wouldn't be surprised if it was Spencer, I, based on what they what they did in San Jose. But I believe you're right. If they do do that, I think the the morale of Apollo will be even crushed even more than it has been in the past. And you're right. Like it, you you kind of might lose him mentally for the rest of the season. I, I and think he's you, been think he's been totally an, and he's been an incredible professional in his time here. I think like he's had a. Oh yeah, like I'm not knocking him. Yeah, I just think at the moment and the way that they're playing, and it's kind of hard to say because you haven't even seen Tornagi play. But Spencer Richie is playing well, and I don't think Spencer really expected to get that start in San Jose. It was no. a bit of a surprise for him. I mean, but he did trying. well. Yeah, obviously it didn't end well, but that wasn't his fault. But yeah, the the left back and right back slots for me. Jake Nowinski is going to come in at right yeah, back. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. No problems with that at all. We saw him kind of alternating with Shane Williams at the start yeah. of the year, and he's done well for a rookie. He's one of the few. It's definitely not been a lot, but of our draft picks, he's been MLS ready when he when he's 
come yeah, to us. Exactly. And a lot of the guys we've had in the draft, it's taken them a little bit of time to get to the MLS ready stage. It's K so, Banjo ring a bell. Oh, <laughs> pure K Banjo. He rings a few notes, that guy. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, do you think Marcel is going to start at left back? Marcel de Jong, left yeah. back, I think. Because Jordan needs a break. Jordan has to have yeah. a break. And we don't have any other options. Exactly. Yeah. Now, the centre back pairing is another one. Yeah. Siler is a definite. It's who plays with him. Hmm. I just have a sneaking feeling that if he's good to go, they might play Timmy beside him because last preseason they played together. This preseason they had some time on the field together. They've got an understanding. They're both ginger. They're both from <laughs> they're mates the east. Too. Like yeah, they're, they're good they friends. They played against yeah. each other at college. And when Siler came, he said he's kind of he looks up to Tim and he's followed his career and he kind of models him and watches how he plays and stuff like that. Maybe they're too similar. But AJ being back there as the experienced head yeah. could be a, a good shout as well. I could also see Kendall back there, but it could go either way. Yeah, from. I mean, Kendall, I think he's a guy see, that could go. Yeah, I think like, you might see one three of games in, in eight yeah. days. No problem at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then, so before we go into midfield, I think you were switching formations. To I, I think one. it's going to be a 4 2 3 1. Yeah. But he has liked the 4 1 4 1. Well, he maybe want to try and experiment with some players in that to see how they would do if he wants to keep that into the summer. when He he always rests players in the summer and mixes things up in the summer, especially these tough games that come up in July where we're always in the likes of Dallas and Colorado and places like that. He might want to keep the 4-1-4-1 just to see how they fit into that. That's if if Matias Laba is getting a rest. Well, we talked about this before. Maybe yeah, he Matias, might not. Yeah, because, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If Matias Laba plays because he's not playing against DC on Saturday, then I could see a four-one-four-one. Yeah, if that, if not, I highly doubt it. I, I do think they will go for the four-two, but three-one, three-one. Yeah, that means it's that late, I can't that that probably mean that Laba or McKendry would play not Tybert, which four one four one allows you to play Ly- Tybert, Lava, no, and McKendry. I mean, but Tybert and McKendry could definitely play in a four. No, I have no argument with that, but I wouldn't mind seeing Matias Lava if, if he's eligible to play in that game just because they don't have an eye on, on and Saturday. And he has played in in yeah. champion, in Voyager's Cup games Jeez. before Champions League. He's played oh he's played in Voyager's Cup. Just ask just ask people in Edmonton. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Wonderful yeah. goal. Yes. I, I think we'll, we'll I think we'll see McKendry and Tybert. Yep. McKendry, for me, this is a great chance for him to show that he's better than Tybert and to show that he deserves to be involved more in the squad. He is having a fantastic season for WFC too. He's getting goals, he's making chances, he's getting forward. He's a real box-to-box defender. They did the halftime piece on him for this Yes, weekend. I mean, they, they didn't the halftime piece. He's clearly going to be playing. <laughs> I had planned to speak to him for tonight's show, but once they did that, I was like, ah, oh, well, can't do two pieces in the one week. Yeah, well, and they and they have to have three Canadians on the pitch at all times, right? No, no. it's just three to start. Oh, so play them for a minute, hold them off, get the good guys on. Are you, are you serious? It's just to start. It's three to start. Yeah, what's just, wrong with you, these people? They well, yeah, like they don't have. It makes it complicated. What if there's injuries and you don't have three available Canadians? And which is basically then it forces you to have six Canadians in the team. What's, no, no, no. Yeah, it, like in the, the in the in eighteen. Is that, that too much? You do not have to worry. There, this, this is going to be a, a jam-packed squad of Canadians. The, oh, this is so. true. Yeah. Seriously, you have nothing to worry about there. So, so right now you have three in yours. Yeah. Plus, so you have Marcel, you have Rusty, you have Ben. Yep. And Alfonso is definitely... Alfonso will be oh, on the right wing for me. Yeah. yeah. And then, for me, 
I could see them doing Mosquitoes the 10, but then who be. goes on the left? Now, you could put Davies on the left. You could put Bustos on the right, which I would hate because I, I, I hate I'd on the wing. Put him in the middle. But you could put also Bustos in the middle and then have Mosquito yeah, on the Yeah, I wouldn't left. mind that. But also, do you think Bustos would get the start? Do you, With the way he played against, you know, like obviously yeah, his first if, start last year. and If he hadn't have picked up his hamstring injury, I think they may have gone with him. Yeah, but he's fully fit he's, right now. He is fully fit. He scored two goals now for WFC two, but both penalties. But one of them he earned because he was he was hauled down. Um, I don't know. I think it's a well, at gamble. At least we know who to will take the him. penalties. Ah, uh, yeah. I think <laughs> it's a gamble to start with Marco. But if you don't start Marco in a game like this. What's the point of having him around? When's he going to start? Throw, throw Mauro Rosales more, in there. Again, it's a, it's a question of morale. There is that option as well. Like Mauro, Mauro on the right deserves and Mesquita as a 10 and then Davies on the left. Yeah, there you, you go. Say, you say Mauro deserves it? Well, I mean, I wouldn't say... I mean, he... You don't like him because he no, plays no, no, for Seattle. No, 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 I know. I get on well with Mauro. <laughs> I, I, I just... You don't refer to I him as the Argentine. I haven't been to training lately, so I... I haven't actually been to training much recently, but I've got lots of spare time coming up. I'm going to be going for a, a lot more. Nice. So, and then Kyle's playing up front? Well, yeah. I think so. But Robo said during the week that she is, he can't go a whole game. He could go a half at a stretch. So this is not the time to stretch it. Do you start him no. and then no. bring Kyle on at half time? Not a good idea. Do you start Kyle, who can go 60, 65, 70 minutes? Uh, un- Unless, and then bring Sheila. Unless something has changed since that comment was made. I remember when it was made. Unless something's changed, no, you don't. Why Why would you stretch it? If it was a second, agree, if it was yeah. a second leg and we're down, okay, maybe. Yeah. For me, but, go with Kyle. Yes. But let him catch on fire. He's <laughs> eager to get this first goal for the first team. And I, I think he could get it against Montreal. Montreal, great result the weekend. Yeah, big result. Great result are, for everyone. Yes. <laughs> They're going to bring a very depleted roster for this one. You would have to think no Laurent Simon or um, Zima. None of the 3D please, I think, anyways, would, would make the trip. If my source is right, there's no Piatti. Sans Piatti. Sans Piatti. Is that his first name? I thought it was, was Nacho. That's a good one. I don't speak any other languages. Barely speak English. I thought you speak Scottish. I do. Yeah. They, they <laughs> are going to bring a depleted team. And this... Yeah. I, I honestly don't think Montreal really care too much ab- well, about this competition. Wh- why do you feel that way? Pressure is on them at the moment, league-wise. Correct. The, the win at the weekend... Helps. Big, huge. Maybe makes them put a little bit more on it. If they can do what Vancouver's done in previous things and go with a depleted squad in the first leg, then come back with a much stronger one in the second leg, if they're still in it, I think the second leg we could see a much different team. Yeah, which I think they've done in the past. Yeah, they've they can do it at home for sure. But um, one th- player that I'm looking forward to quickly here from Montreal is uh, the young kid Blue Ives Tabula, who yeah. has been really well. He scored in his first game, and he's going to be something special. He's they say the next Alfonso. I'm not sure about that, but he he is a very good player for this Montreal team. Yeah, I I'm, I hope he chooses Canada. That's all I'll say about Blue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's, he's keeping his options open now by by the sounds of it. Decline selection for the under twenty team was it, or was it under seventeen? One of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, Canadian player of the year as well, under seventeen as well. So I mean that that's disappointing. Well, his other option is Cote d'Ivoire. Yeah, and it doesn't help that he had a significant amount of contact with 
a significant individual from the Cote d'Ivoire <laughs> for a, 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 a you know a period of time. Yeah, it's probably in his in his year about the opportunity. If he moves to Phoenix, then I, I would really start to get worried. <laughs> so, some quick predictions. How do you see this first leg going? First of all, um, right now with the way that Vancouver is playing, albeit the the squad that they may put out. I'd say either a 1-1 draw or a 2-1 Whitecaps victory for this the first leg. I don't see it being a, a, a overhaul, you could say, with goals. But Wait, he can two, choose two different things and it's okay? You guys always rip on me when I choose two different things. Okay. You're, said a, it's you're a regular. Sorry, 2-1, two, 2-1, one, two, one, final He's answer. going for 2-1, final one. Okay, we, we have to keep a clean sheet. I'm going to say 2-0. I am also going for 2-0. Wow, we... Two weeks in a row. I know, optimistic. Yikes. Um, second question, do you see them coming through this tie over the two legs? And is it a formality that they're going to be playing TFC in the final? Yeah, that's a tough one to answer. Um, I, I see them winning, but I see them having a very, very difficult time with it against a Montreal team that we, you know, good at home. Um, always been good in the Voyagers Cup, but I think if they do play Toronto, let's not get that far ahead of ourselves. But I do see them beating uh, Montreal uh, closely. It'll be a good two-legged series for sure. Uh, I, I see us beating Montreal. I think the 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 two-one league victory, two-one league victory a couple weeks ago helps for morale, helps for the mindset. Helps. Totally. I think also because we've seen a settled. I, I'm hoping. Because we've seen such a settled team, more than we've ever seen in the history of the MLS side, that that those players who are not a part of that will take this opportunity that's given to them. Even they have to, yeah. Even though, even though, yes, they will not have played games together. We, you can't. You that needs to stop being an excuse. Exactly. And you're playing enough together in training. In yeah. different combinations, you need to put it together. You need to show that you belong in that starting 11 and then the 18. And this is your opportunity. And I hope we'll be able to do that. Get past Montreal. Beyond that, obviously, I dream of Ottawa beating Toronto so that we can have the second <laughs> second leg at home. Um, but that would be wonderful. That would be dreamy. Uh, but uh, regardless, hopefully uh, – Regardless, I, I I think TFC will probably go through, and it'll be a very difficult two-legged two-legged series. You yeah. could argue that also these guys have played some WFC two games together, so that will help. But obviously, it'll it'll the excuse for not playing together is is far past. One slight concern I have is they're only going to have tomorrow Monday as the the one day that this team is going to train together because they cancelled training today. Well, yeah. Well, well, today would have been a day for the players. People, players it would have been recovered. rehab, but all those guys oh, weren't yeah. going to be playing. Oh, so that's true. This was a chance to have those guys, although they may have trained and just not well, told us. No. Well, okay. All it the, might just be Nathan because I was wanting to go to training today and he told me it was cancelled. <laughs> all the guys who weren't in the 18 yesterday had a big training session during yeah. the day at BC Place. Yeah. And then the guys who were in the 18 did quite a bit of work afterwards yeah. as well. Um, so, so they got to off happens. and then Monday, Monday together. I, I'm totally confident that the Caps are going to score in Montreal. So I see us going through, and for me, it's a formality that's TFC. We got a tweet from uh, Hugh, Hugh, Bil- Hugh Bilanios, um, who I th- he's sort of asking a question, sort of expressing frustration. He says, no Zemele. And he's really disappointed, I believe, because he has a Swiss connection. 
and he was robbed of Tranquilo Barnetta coming 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 here to Vancouver this year, and I think he's disappointed here. He might not see another Swiss player. If it makes him feel better, we'll buy him a Toblerone. <laughs> Hugh, Hugh Bolaños, Michael McCall owes you a Toblerone. I didn't say I was going to buy it. I said <laughs> okay. we, we can group together. If 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 you call now on six zero four eighty two two four eight seven and donate, we will get Hugh Bolaños. Uh, that is actually a phone number. That is, we'll get oh, my toddler on. Yeah, don't call that number. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't call that number because we haven't actually made the phone lines live. We don't. It's, uh, we don't know how it's to not work huge. It. It's you, Hugh Belanios. That's a joke. It's oh, okay. huge Belanios, huge Anus. That's how I've always read it. All right. Moving on, it's my favourite part of the show now. Wavelength, the section of the show where we bring you a football-related song. And it's one of our favourites at the show here. Maybe not Zach's, but one of mine. The 1980s new wave punk band, I Ludicrous, still going strong. With a song all about Colin Moynihan. So Zach, tell, tell us what you know about Colin Moynihan. That's about it. Okay. Wait, Co- sorry, who, do I, should I know who Colin Moynihan Yeah, Colin Moynihan was the UK sports minister from oh, 1987 yeah, to... Yes. 1990 in the Margaret Thatcher I, government. I just forgot, I'm sorry. He was known, him and Thatcher kind of combined, they wanted to bring in an ID card scheme so that every football fan had to have an ID card. Is it Paul Barber's relative? Yeah. Or you weren't allowed to, to buy tickets for games. You weren't allowed to travel and there was going to be CCTV cameras and all these grounds and they wanted to there really... They, they wanted to really introduce archaic things and treat all football supporters as kind of criminals. And there was a big backlash against it, and there was going to be a bill that came out, and there was lots of marches and stuff like that. So, if we're topical here at AFTN, we are going to play a song now all about Colin Moynihan. And this is from I Ludicrous from their 20 Years of Show Business album. And this is Moynihan Brings Out the Hooligan in Me. One, two, three, four, three, two, one, nil. A man with no shame Conspiring with Thatcher To kill off our game One law for supporters One law for the rich But none for the minister Who runs on the pitch For Moynihan brings out The hooligan in me Moynihan brings out The hooligan in me Moynihan brings out The hooligan in me Oh, oh Chances with a man with all the answers. Oh, 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 oh,
sporting I know it's a sin To mock him for being so short and so thin But he can threaten with prison He can threaten with fines He can shove his ID cards where the sun never shines Moynihan brings out the hooligan in me 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 Moynihan brings out the hooligan in me. 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 I ludicrous there with Moynihan brings out the hooligan in me. And I have to say, I think I Ludacris brings the hooligan out in Zach. Not a fan. Actually, we've spent I most... I don't mind it. We spent most of that, that song discussing whether it was Hugh Bolanius or Huge Bolanus. Oh, boy. Huge balls and anus. That's the joke. And if it's not, I apologise to Hugh Bolanius if his name is maybe Hugh Bolanius. I think Zach's just got it. Or he just wants to go home. So DC United, huh? <laughs> yeah. Before we get to DC United, some um, tweets. let's read some tweets from Huge Burner. Um, <laughs> got a lot here to get through from Angus Walker, at Angus Walker on Twitter. He worries about Williams' positioning. He feels that he constantly let Pasher go side of him. However, he was quick enough to get back in front of him. Perhaps that's just the way he plays, but a quicker player would have been in on goal. Who's, sorry, who's that one? Uh, Shannon Williams. Oh, okay. No yeah. comments on that. No, I, I, it's 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 uh, yeah, it, it's fair, but I mean, the, the the first instant that that happened, the touch was so poor that it didn't matter that he yeah. got by him. Yeah, I I see where uh, he's coming from, but again, it's just the positioning of of players, the way they play, and the way right now that the the Whitecaps defense is playing. It's hard to argue with one player playing a different way and allowing a player to break in, but just the positioning of, of Kendall and Tim and Jordan behind Shannon has been excellent, and I think that's something that you could talk about for, for maybe him letting him go. Another one from Angus. Um, I know in Europe players get dubious short-term injuries to dodge friendlies, but not for internationals, because he was saying, am I suggesting that Robo stops a player playing for his country because FIFA would basically fine us? Now, there's ways of stopping them playing, and there's yes. there's ways of stopping them playing, and the player can also turn it down. Like when we, actually, I don't even th- know if I played this audio, but I, I I wrote it in the piece anyway for AFTN. Uh, Christian Bolanius has said that the coach has told him he'd like him to be involved in the Gold Cup squad, but just now he's waiting to see kind of how it is after the the two World Cup qualifiers, and wow. if he feels that he needs some time here and just some time to kind of chill a little bit, then he might turn down the, the Gold Cup invitation. That would be huge for us, so that'd give him some yeah. energy for the final bit of the season there. Um, another one from Angus. Why are the Caps seeded third in this competition when we were in the final last year? Shouldn't we have been second and had the second leg last? But, Zach yeah, will well, explain. So the obvious reason for that is uh, the 
uh, your seed is based on your regular season standings in the previous league campaign. Yep. So for league the, only. For the MLS sides, that means Toronto was the highest, Montreal was second, we were third, and then yeah. uh, Ottawa and Montreal were in the same division last year, so Edmonton did better in that, or they were in the same league. They're in the same division again this year, but different leagues. Uh, they had a better record in their league, and therefore they got the second leg at home in the quarterfinal playing kind of thing. Yeah. It'll be interesting <clears throat> what happens next year because, well, well uh, the I think next year's the, the year that the like League One Ontario and the, the, the Quebec League teams are supposed to come in at some level. Yes, and I'm going to do a piece on this. I've been kind of putting some stuff together. For me, I think it's ridiculous that you're leaving out the PDL teams. And the reason for that is their season isn't long enough. Apparently it has to be at least 16 games, whereas they play 14. And that's just... Like, the six Canadian clubs in PDL. Clubs like TSS on all Canadian roster. Is that the official reason the TSA? Yep. Wow. Well, I don't, that's maybe not the official reason. That is something which was told to, to one of the clubs who told me, and you can probably work out which club that was. Okay. Um, at Spice Boy 1, says that if Ottawa upset TFC and Montreal were to beat the Caps, it would essentially be a Montreal versus Montreal final. And that is true and is kind of ridiculous. No. Man, no. Uh, no, it, no, it won't happen? No, it, no, it's not ridiculous? One, I don't think... Uh, one, yes, I don't think it's yeah. going to happen. Two, they, although they're an affiliate club, they're not... It's not their... Like, they've, they don't have... The input that the the Toronto does with TFC two or no, I mean, they're more independent than a yes. lot of the, the things. It's kind of like when we were with Charleston. Yes, we didn't have much say at all yeah. as to, to what you, players played. So in that situation, would, if we were in a North American Open Cup, would you believe that should deny Charleston the right to participate? No, no. So it shouldn't. I don't think it should here either because we're on a different continent or country, same continent. <laughs> Tell me, break away. Did you figure out where Thunder Bay is? It's in Ontario. Very, it's very close to Toronto. <laughs> local, local Derby. Anyway. Local Derby. Local Derby. Yeah, it's a local Derby. Yeah. <laughs> Angus Walker again said that he rates the Canadian Championship and the Champions League more than MLS because it's a higher level. We get to play good teams like Tigris. And being the first team to win it would be amazing. Give us the opportunity to play a European team in a proper competitive game. And, I mean, it would be that... I think MLS clubs are still a long way from winning it. The gap is closing, but you still think Mexico's going to dominate this this tournament for years and years to come? Yeah, it, I, I think the, the MLS teams that are spending twenty plus million dollars are should have like it sh- they should be able to <clears throat> be competitive in the competition. I, I would disagree that. Uh, I guess the better teams we play in the competition, yes, are a higher level, but the the lesser sides that we we've played, I would not say that they are. I would not say that they are better than the lesser sides in MLS, all around, anyways. And just the, the last thing I'm going to read out from Angus here, mainly because my phone is about to die, is that the only excuse for not playing a full strength side is because they're not taking it seriously. Apart from having to play three Canadian players, they have three home matches surrounding these matches, so they should all be fit enough. Harvey's one of the few that maybe needs a rest, but we can have a Canadian replacement there in De Jong. So he feels that we need Shea for the last 21 minutes. 
Seven wasn't long enough. Yeah, I I, I, I wouldn't disagree with that. I, yeah, but I would disagree that it like you need to rotate your squad. You need to have opportunities. Yeah, I would I would love to see our strongest player go out and just like smash a weekend Montreal side in the first leg, so the second leg is potentially easier. But I don't think they're going to sacrifice Saturday's DC United game, even though DC United is also in very poor form, or has been in very poor form. Yeah, big loss uh, again for DC United on the weekend. But um, I would not uh, mind seeing Breck Shea thrown on for the last 45 minutes, either if Kyle Gregg plays good or bad. I think Breck Shea will get more than 21 minutes on well, Tuesday. Kyle Gregg has to get 75 to 80 minutes. Like he's okay, then, then maybe take off somebody else. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. But, I mean, Breck should, if they want to maybe potentially yeah, play they, him on they, the weekend. They or, basically do need yeah. to get his levels yeah. up. And the best way of doing that is, is going to be in the game. Yeah, he could break down again. And I I do worry that if he isn't totally fit to go, they're taking a massive risk no, yeah. in some of these games. Because he's a guy that you want down the stretch. Yeah. So, but he has got goals, so it's 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 a tough one. To be no, fair. but he's got goals, but they also have to work him back in. Yeah, yeah, and the best way of doing it is to give him more and like Slowly gradually more, more and more. more but to Even be a fair, a WFC two game I, would possibly be a, an option. Well, yeah, but to be fair, the the way that the White Caps have been playing, that obviously that's why he's not playing minutes because the team is playing yeah. so well together. Oh yeah, so so, so talking about that, then, uh, this is one thing I did think. Was it wise to bring him on for the last ten minutes against a Kansas City side that is known for their horrific fouling? And had already displayed the horrific fouling. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, that's, was, a, that's a valid point. I think more time against uh, younger players from Montreal or a not full strength Montreal side would have been, you know, wiser to hold him off and have him play more against Montreal. But you're right; he does yeah. need to build up minutes. So that's all the tweets we're going to go through. Um, as I said, mainly because my phone's at eight <laughs> percent, and we'll just wrap this show up with a little bit of quick chat about the game that's coming up. On Saturday, we might do a post-game show after the Montreal game or on the Wednesday after it. I'm not sure yet. Just depends on some logistics. So if we do, we'll talk in more depth about DC then. But if we don't, quick chat about it now. We're playing what can be perceived to be a weaker team. Over the years, the Caps have done well against the good teams and then struggled when the weaker teams come to come here. Saw it against Philadelphia at the start of the year, but then they're not having too bad a season. DC's one of these teams that's like they can turn it on when they want. They've got the talent. They just seem to be in a little bit of a, a rut at the moment, but the East is looking strong. Did you say Philadelphia wasn't having that bad of a season? They've, well, they're coming they're back a little bit. Yeah, they're having better than... They two, got, I, I mean, two wins is first look isn't good, but they they have a good team. I'll give them that. But They took a they took a point from Fortress BC place. Yes, this is also There true. was air, yes. air quotes there. But yeah, uh, like you mentioned, the mindset of the Whitecaps heading into games again with some weaker teams provisionally in, in MLS has been frustrating because they, they take these games after maybe a tough game on Tuesday against Montreal is... Oh, these guys! This is this is DC. This is an easy four nothing win at home. That's something that frustrates people to many levels. And I know Zach will have something to say about this, but it's it's a different team completely than than Kansas City is DC United, and it'll be interesting to see the way the Whitecaps kind of shut down Lucho Acosta, who has been very good for DC this year um, compared to last year, where it was not very good. Yeah, I th- it's interesting that the game's on Tuesday. I don't know. Both the games are on Tuesdays against Montreal. I don't know the reason for that. I don't know if that's our request or what. So it gives you less lead lead up time, like we talked about, less time for this squad rotation, squad rotated group to to gel. 
or to have you know more training time, intentional training time together. But it, all the upside is you have more time to get ready for Saturday. And I think no matter what happens, no matter how well Tuesday night goes or how frustrating Tuesday night's result is or whatever, like we need to win on Saturday. Like, yeah, I mean, obviously I want us to win on Tuesday. I think that needs to go well. But mm-hmm. Saturday to me is like you have to be DC United. We've had some really not great home BC plays performances against DC. I think we have like two goalless draws against them. I think with their last time here, it was a, it was a goalless draw when we definitely should have beat them. Or am I getting it wrong? Did we no, lose, we lost one nil, right? Did we lose one nil? No, there was one game where Alice scored the opener like six minutes in, and then it was I think it finished two two or something. Like that, I think, but also to your point, Zach, um, when they get time training together, I believe Montreal plays at home on Saturday, so maybe that has to do with the Tuesdays that both teams are playing at home. It's more comfortable for them, but also it's. We were seeing it on a Tuesday because usually you get the extra two days of rest in the Wednesday. So the Wednesday Warriors Cup, as it used to be called. Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is last year's game against, uh, or two years ago. The last time DC United here was not a was not a good game. I think. Yeah. And and we we need to beat them here. Like we need we need to we need to punish them. Yeah. They're in poor form. We need to take <clears throat> advantage of that. And I think we know that the lineup's going to be different from the rest of the league games. Uh, Maddie's serving a suspension. As will hopefully Roger Espin Espin Espin. That's oh. see now you messed Espinoza. it up. There we go. Espinosa, I believe, Espinoza. is the word Thank you're looking you. for. Thank you. I appreciate that help, Michael. <laughs> Espinosa. Hopefully, we'll also be serving at least a one. It is one o five. We've been talking for two hours. Right. That's yeah. Let's blame it on that. It's that. Yeah. Um. But no, we we have to win that DC United game, right? Yeah. That would make it we four to six yeah. wins as well. So, uh, which is fantastic. Yeah, it's despite the start of the season. So, and considering yep. considering the injuries, considering we're we're really not playing, we're not firing on all cylinders yet. You don't want to get carried away, but it does get you a little bit excited as to what could lie in store for this team when everyone's healthy. Yeah, when everyone's challenging for places, could be another twenty fifteen where they, they go deep in the playoffs. But you look at the West, and it's so tight just now. And you look at the teams that's out with the playoff spots, and there's some good teams there that you're going to expect to come good later yeah. on. And, yeah, Zach says you feel you have to win Yeah, 20, 2015 deep in the playoffs, I wouldn't go that far as to it was a tough series <laughs> against Portland. Um, we, didn't, we didn't win a game, yeah. but we went into the semi <laughs> No, yeah, exactly, but... Yeah, you know, like we, Zach talked about, it's been some. It's been tough against DC before, so uh, it's a good test. Um, DC will come with all they've got, and they're a tough team to play. They're a very gritty and aggressive team, so that'll be a good game. Um, so yeah, yeah, man. Uh, you talk about twenty twenty fifteen. That was An interesting, a depressing, year for sure. de- depressing end to yeah. the. It, it after, was. Like, like we, after we talked the about, like up. last year was a crap season compared yeah. to twenty fifteen, but it ended so much happy. You went. Away with a spring in your step because you beat Portland, you knocked them out of the playoffs, you won a voyage, you won a Cascadia Cup, and then the year before you had a fantastic season, yeah, and then you finish the season like God, that was disappointing. Yeah, um, I, I just want to hear. I think we mentioned this maybe a week or two or three ago. Um, if I feel like you are more positive about the potential of the roster than you have been in the past, yes. like usually it's around April May. You're like. This team's not good enough. We need better players to be brought in. Yes. And I feel like you're like, yeah, okay, Jordy's out of a boot. Um, I've liked the additions. 
Beanie's coming back. Oh, or yeah. Gonna, sorry, going to be able to play soon. Beanie was somebody else that we were going to talk about on this show. Um, but, yeah, that, we've kind of run out of time. And I didn't get a chance to speak to him. I got a chance to speak to him yesterday. But I didn't feel I'd done enough research to kind of make it one of my really good interviews. I think he was taking some flack on Twitter because they showed him on the... the yeah, he was on his phone. <laughs> It's like you when we're recording the show and then I turn to you and you're on your phone. I'm looking at the, <laughs> the email you sent about the order of the show. Um, I was just going to quickly mention here, how many East teams have we played at home? I think it's three already this year, right? Philly, Toronto. So DC would be third this year. Yeah. So that's a lot of East teams early on, which is good because East is traditionally good and it has been good this year. So well, East is usually terrible, yeah. especially here. But this year, they're, yeah, they've been yeah. a lot better. This year... Yeah. This year the East is looking so actually all of MLS is looking good this mm-hmm. year. Looking, they're all looking ev- e- even, just the way the overlords like it. Yeah, it was like the English Premier League. Little, little shaky with Minnesota, but now I'm glad they're playing better. It looks a little nicer. So yeah, Marius Robb has got them on track. Yeah, I think they're just terrified of him. He's like been shouting at them. It's like if you don't start winning. You saw what I did on that plane. Yeah, oh, bad start. You've heard, you heard about the plane, right? Yeah. So before we go, quick. Predictions for the DC game. How do you think it's going to go, Gideon? Uh, I'm going to say uh, 3-1 Vancouver. Ooh. Zachary? I was going to say 4-0. Let's go 3-0. Oh, I was going to go 3-0, but I don't want to agree with you again. Um, that's why we brought you on this week, Gideon, because apparently we agree too much. So okay. we needed a, a voice that disagrees with us. Um, I'm going to go with 3-0. Another clean sheet, three goals. Nah, screw it, 4-0. Nice. The way they beat us last year, very good. Yes, 4 now. That's what we're going to go with. So that is it for this episode of the AFTN Soccer Show. Just before we go, we'll just let everyone know where they can find you online. Gideon? Uh, I'll be at Twitter at, at GideonHill18. It's, uh, I'm on Twitter. It's at ZacharyAM, and I'm part of the Movement Cover Collective. I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff, AFTN.ca, away from the numbers. Also, the Whitecaps beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com. And you can hear Gideon and myself doing the TSS Rovers broadcasts. If you haven't seen those yet, check out on YouTube, the Lane United game. And fantastic game at the weekend, TSS Rovers' first ever win against Calgary Foothills. Uh, yeah, good game on Friday as well. Next match, should mention, uh, Friday, June 2nd against Portland Timbers U23. And then they play actually the Sunday against the Whitecaps residency in a friendly. So that'll be... Uh, interesting couple of day, three days for the Rovers, I should say. So, yeah, good win on big win on Friday, especially for for Willie and Colin who see their dream come true with the, this Rovers team. Yeah, and we were going to bring you some chat from Colin Elms, but you can read it instead because we've, <laughs> we've run out of time. I don't think folk want me to send them a, a two-hour podcast when they wake up tomorrow morning. So that is it for this episode of the show. Thank you for listening. It's been brought to you in conjunction with bcsoccerweb.com. Check them out. And until next time. Thanks for listening. Take care. And mon the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Yeah,